Hey, this is a really long episode, so I will keep this part short. Our community has organized a streaming event for charity. It's called Duck Spring, and it is happening this weekend from March the 25th through the 27th. A whole bunch of our community members stepped forward, and they're going to be streaming all kinds of stuff. You can learn more about it by going to duckfeed.tv slash duckspring. Uh, tune in and donate to a good cause, the Transactive Gender Center. Um, and if you want to hear about more of this kind of stuff, go to duckfeed.tv slash news for weekly updates for all kinds of stuff like this. All right, let's go. I can't wait to talk about this game. When you need a locksmith, you know who to call. We're your trusted Silent Hill locksmith for over three generations. When you need a hand, Osgood and Sons. Hi, I'm Hieronymus Osgood of Osgood and Sons Locksmiths. I gotta admit, business has been a little slow lately. That's why we're off. 50% 50% discount on all commercial lock repair. Please, give us a call. When you need a hand, Osgood and Sons. Hey, Silent Hill. Hieronymus Osgood here. You know, this business has been in our family for three generations. Did you, did you know that? Why, why won't you call us? I... I know your locks are broken, and I will fix them. 50% off is an amazing deal. And if you act now, each visit comes with a free voucher for a copy of a key. I I can't copy tarot cards. I can't copy enchanted amulets or bloody knives. But but I can copy keys. I can do that. Give me a call. When you need a hand, Osgood and Sons... All right, fine. Uh, 75% off. Well, why don't you actually want these locks fixed, Silent Hill? Like, what's behind those doors in the mall? Like, there's got to be... Is it just stuff you're okay losing forever? Because you, you've changed these doors into walls. What, what did I do to deserve this? It's like this whole town is against me. All right. If you act now, we'll give you a fake dog that you can fuck your keys in while you're not home. That's the Osgood difference. Call, call, call me. Call, call, call. Osgood and Sons. Uh, this, this is, this is ridiculous, guys. This, this is hard. Like, my daughter, she won't talk to me anymore. She just spends all day staring at this TV that's just static. And, and my wife, uh, my wife, uh, she, she left in this bloody cloud of rose petals. And there's this old man. And he's staring at me outside the window right now, and I'm losing my fucking mind. And uh, I, I tried to leave, but the bridge won't end. And then I tried to apply for a business in Shady Acres across the lake, and the forums just keep going. Uh, what, what did I do wrong? What did I do? What did I do wrong? Well, I suppose I should stop listening to the radio and use it to see if there are any monsters that are sneaking up on me while I solve this puzzle. I need to get the false teeth out of this corpse of a long-forgotten old man. I imagine the lock to his rust-blood torture cage can be unlocked by using words from around the room. Let's see. Silent Hill Nursing Home Registry. Oberlin Ogsmith. Osgood? 
Why is that name familiar? Oh well, back to work. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro games podcast. Yes, and this week we are talking about Silent Hill 3, which is a uh, survival horror game developed and published by Konami for the PlayStation 2 in 2003. Mm-hmm. Long anticipated. Gary, I'm by so us. excited. Oh the- my <laughs> god, I'm so excited. <laughs> Cole, tamp it down. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I shall be completely objective in my analysis of this game that I fucking love. Yeah, uh, take, take the blunted affectation of a Silent Hill protagonist into Gary, mind. I'm so excited. <laughs> there, there we go. That's what I wanted to hear. The um, so, so this is uh, this is in in many ways uh, kind of typical for the series and the genre. So uh, you kind of break up your time exploring areas in third person. Uh, there are areas that have monsters, and then there are areas that have puzzles. And you uh, never the twain shall meet. Luckily. <laughs> Um, what, 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 why couldn't you do that, Soul Reaver? Um, so, so, but yeah, that's, you're pretty much going back and forth between those two modes. Yes. Um, and uh, even though Silent Hill 2 gave you the option to get rid of tank controls in favor of uh, 2D controls, which is a weird way to, to, to phrase it, where you kind of move in the direction that you push, this is actually a, a default option in Silent Hill 3. Mm-hmm. Um, which combined with the larger levels and the kind of greater number of uh, of monsters that it throws at you uh, makes this feel like it plays a little bit better, like it's a little bit more action-based. Yeah, um, it, it plays just fine. Yeah. Like, at no point was I, like, infuriated by by the play, which is, like, kind of what you expect to happen sometimes in... Or what, it's, it's what happened a little bit to me. Like, I remember not liking fighting monsters in Silent Hill 2, Silent Hill 2 that much. Mm-hmm. And then I replayed Silent Hill 1, or played it for the first time, rather, to completion mm-hmm. for this, and didn't like fighting monsters very much. Yeah. Um, but here, it's like, it's not bad. Right. Like, I, st- I still don't think it's quite as, like, fun as it is in, in Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but here it is, uh, and possibly that's because you're, like, unnerved and tense. Yeah. Because uh, this is way scarier. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's there's still this kind of emphasis on evasion and resource management, um, even though and you get a lot of tools that can help with this. So you get uh, uh, beef jerky, which you can use to lure enemies about, and a silencer for your gun, which won't draw them from as quite as big an aggro range. Yeah. Also, the levels, as we mentioned, being pretty big, like you can run past a lot of shit. Yes, in this game. Yeah, and uh, most of the enemies are specifically designed to block your progress. <laughs> Um, when they when they put them in uh, kind of these narrower walkways, kind of along with those resource things, uh, something that I that, that I only learned by going back and looking at some facts and stuff is that uh, this did the Resident Evil Four thing before Resident Evil Four did. It, it it looks at how much ammunition and kind of like health item uh, resource or stock you have, and uh, doles out extra ones according to that. So it oh. is automatically balancing for you on the fly. Like the director in uh, Left 4 Dead or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I never, I, I never noticed, you know, uh, intense scarcity, which is probably resultant of that. Mm-hmm. 
you know, um, I ended up like ammo was a little bit tight, but I ended up with a lot of health items. That's because I played on combat, you know, not on hard combat mode, yeah. which we'll talk about that in just a second. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, you spend almost no time running around the streets of Silent Hill in this game. This is kind of a departure for this series because Silent Hill 1, more so than Silent Hill 2, is about kind of walking around in these big, abnormally wide, uh, foggy Those streets. streets, which yeah. are like as long as football fields. Like, <laughs> as it, wide it, it, as football fields. Yeah, they're, yeah, as wide as football fields. It's the world's wide, like Silent Hill, home of the world's <laughs> widest streets. Like, <laughs> the world's yeah. first 16-lane highway. That'll, that'll never the middle work. Of downtown. We can't get, we can't get on the map that way. Well, I'll think of another way to get us on the map. <laughs> By taking um, it off of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, summon, uh, summon. <laughs> but uh, this game instead is structured kind of around like railroading you through these set pieces, uh, which is just fine. Yeah, I, I, I was into that. I think that like when we'll talk about it, like it's a, the two first dungeons are are kind of aimless and annoying to me. Yeah, um, but it really picks up. And then when the great thing is when you actually get to Silent Hill, it's awesome um, <laughs> as opposed to being kind of a pain in the dick because they they'd held it off from you. And like the visual effect looks a little bit better than the last game, mm-hmm. um, like the fog and everything. And like when I got there, it's just like, oh, shit, like it, like, <laughs> it worked for me. In a way that it didn't in the previous games, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, we have a different protagonist now who is a lady. Um, yeah. You play as the teenage girl, uh, Heather Morris. Yes. That is, that, that is the name that she has at the beginning. Um, yes. Uh, and uh, also the name of the actress to the point where in the credits, she's just listed as Heather. Uh, she's kind of modeled after the voice actress. Yes. And when um, we say in the beginning, it's because, spoiler, she gets married. And this is actually a very sweet story <laughs> about about her taking her husband's name. Uh, even though she doesn't really believe in the tradition, uh, she thinks there's something powerful about that. And yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it just happily ever. It, sh- it shows how to become one. It's it's very it's very quaint and old fashioned. It does show how to become one. <laughs> the, um, yeah. Um, so this this uh, kind of switch uh, informs the aesthetic of the game, um, uh, uh, kind of mostly because the imagery centers around things that would specifically be upsetting to young women, um, and uh, doesn't feel cheap when it does that to me. Um, mm-hmm. and Heather really isn't a normal female horror protagonist either. Usually they're especially victimized, but she fights back and actually becomes the most assertive protagonist in the Silent Hill series. Yeah. She, she's pretty great. Yeah. Like she, she doesn't, uh, there's, there's no, there's no damseling going on here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she's, she's pretty good. When you talk about the imagery, it's interesting too, because I, I was looking at that and it's like, I remember the, the imagery in the previous game also being, like it felt like slightly, like it's hard to call uh, symbolism in a Silent Hill game subtle. Um, it feels <laughs> slightly less overt than the last game. Yes. Um. And and it's just like the so the stuff is there, but it never felt like it was beating me over the head with it. So when you said yeah. it didn't bother you, like it didn't feel like too much to me. Yeah. Um. Like it, it and the previous game it didn't either. Like it really worked, but the game had to work to get me on board mm-hmm. with it before it started. You know, showing Pyramid Head. You know, sexually assaulting nurses. Like I had to be on board already. Yeah. To be to be into that, and this game never quite goes that far mm-hmm. with with that with that stuff with the the sexual stuff or with the gender stuff. I feel like. Yeah. Um. Or at least at least to me, like I maybe I'm just not seeing it. Uh. Yeah. But it it does it seems like that to me. Um. So her her writing is very uh like she's got a little bit we talk about the the male disaffected protagonist she's not quite there mm-hmm. um she does like I feel like uh she 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 has these kind of reactions whenever you examine items um and I feel like it's still like muted mm-hmm. but the cool thing about that is that like it ends up playing into the story yeah like there's a there's a reason for her to be this kind of canny and 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 calm about this stuff that 
isn't immediately apparent. And like, cause at first it seemed, I was like, kind of thought it was funny and, and mm-hmm. not dumb, but like, boy, this is taking me out of this a little bit that like, <laughs> you know, the walls are bleeding rust and, and you're just like, there's a, there's this thing very specifically early on where she's like, you look at some clothes and she's like, it's not that I don't like clothes. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's like, no, what? <laughs> like who likes, like, like I, I dislike clothes. I like clothes. It's not that I just don't dislike clothes. It's just not the time. Yeah. And it just, I don't know if it's just the tone I read it in, but like, I was just like, boy, buddy, <laughs> like. like like, that felt like a really kind of like defining character moment because like i could totally see this being like a like a sarcastic her talking like a sarcastic like buffy the vampire slayer character a little bit you know just kind of like just it's more i put the emphasis more on like just now's not the time like yeah (laughs) Yeah. I, i was hanging out at the mall to get away from my dad but like now is not the time there's an impressive amount of of these little incidental things as well like mm-hmm. i feel like there's more things to examine in this game than the other silent hills i've played yeah and you get these little things and most of the time it is just this is not the time yep. for that which like i know um i just, I just want to see if there's a thing you could pick up buddy yep. like you maybe you need that clothes for a puzzle i'm not trying to get you to like go shopping <laughs> Shopping's um, just a montage where she comes out in different hats until yeah, like, just, like there's just like a horror flash to her in a, a pyramid head pyramid. yeah yeah um and uh jesus christ her character model gary everybody's character model it it looks real good i played this um i have the hd version but i played it on emulator uh just because i was like what if uh what if i need to save state what if i get annoyed like i don't uh i've learned my lesson soul reaver like this is it's gonna take me a little while to trust video games again and the um (laughs) so i played it and it still looks great yeah, like it's just just on the native PS2, like it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. I played it uh, on the PS2 as well uh, yeah. because the HD remake, even though it looks good in stills, the frame rate is garbage. Uh, that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, because uh, but it looks it looks really good. Yeah. Everything looks really good. This is a this is a great looking PS2 yeah. game. And even even just her like her design. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to obsess about this for a second. Like you can see like the like the roots of her hair. Mm-hmm. in it like that's a, yeah she has freckles her complexion isn't the greatest like everything everything about her is just kind of so lovingly modeled she's got a gigantic goiter on her neck <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and that yeah. ascends to the other characters as well this is like this is some like sorcery and yeah th- like it's not even a late ps2 game either like this is this is mid-cycle and it's stuff that like looks better and is better art directed than things that e- that have even come out like 10 years hence well the, the art direction part is so important right because yeah. like it doesn't you know something that we talk about a lot or i talk about a lot on the show um is it it bothers me quite a bit is the you know things that like look good in stills but there's no artfulness to it like mm-hmm. Bad art direction, but good graphics yeah. uh, is a terrible combination and tends to piss me off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where it's just like, oh, this is like meant to be like a tech demo, but there's no like soul behind what's actually being shown and the camp compositions and and things like that. The actual choices that are being made, like this is a well rendered railing, but <laughs> why are you showing me a railing? Yes, you know, all, all of the soul has been reaved from it. Yes, yeah, ex- exactly. And this is this is not that. So not only is, is this very pretty, but it's also like like as a, as an aesthetic exercise like i think that like you know in the, in the end i've been thinking a lot about the the two series because they they pop up a lot and they were initially kind of posited as alternatives to each other with resident evil and, and silent hill and i think i think i still like resident evil more but as an aesthetic exercise silent hill is maybe like as strong as a game can get yep like th- this is a, this is an like a, an expression of an aesthetic vision and kind of a, a specific kind of art direction and it's really really powerful and complete 
mm-hmm. in that sense, in a way that's really impressive to me, even as somebody who is like, you know, the second biggest Silent Hill fan that's on the show right now. Like, <laughs> it's really impressive. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that is that art direction. Mm-hmm. For sure. And that art direction even, you know, extends like the other world in this is just truly upsetting and dreadful in a way that like the previous ones were not. And it, it, it again plays into the ideas that the other worlds reflect different things. And Silent Hill 1, it's Alessa's, you know, basically basically medical torture at the hands of this cult. In Silent mm-hmm. Hill 2, it's kind of the, 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 de- the depression and dismay and guilt that James feels like this is, you know, Silent Hill is turning into this tortured body around you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, just like it is it is so, so aesthetically complete as to just instill this feeling of dread in me personally, even years after I've played this, you know, tens of times. Yeah, it, it is, it is uh, one of the scariest games I've played. Yeah, Like it, it is it is very, very scary um, and very like uh, you feel um like you're like you're put like when you say a body like you whenever moving forward in this game feels like pushing into a wound mm-hmm. you know like it's just like i'm not i shouldn't do this and it's gonna hurt you know like and, and there's just this sense of like just like <laughs> you know full body tension of like moving close to things even though you know i know they're just a video game like yeah. i'm not an idiot and <laughs> and also because you, even if i'm really well equipped to deal with them it's just it's a very scary game um like really really up there like one of one of the scariest things we've done for the show if not the yeah. Um, so super, super spooky. A lot of this is in the, the sound design. So Akira uh, uh, Yamaoka yeah, uh, has enough. returned for the uh, thank you uh, <laughs> returned for the, the composition and sound design and does does a real good job. Yeah. Uh, you know, Silent Hill always goes back and forth between like, here's a fun guitar number for some reason. <laughs> and then but then when it's just like, you know, weeping machinery, mm-hmm. it's it's great. Yeah. And uh, this game, uh, one of the things I noticed about the sound design is that uh, it is mixed in a way that you are encouraged to have it to have it loud enough for dialogue. Yep. It will be too loud for screeching machines. Mm-hmm. And that's intentional. Yeah. Like they, they want you to turn it up to hear the voices. So a minute later when something <laughs> like, you know, really, you know, it's not jump scare. Like there are a couple mm-hmm. of them in this game. There aren't very many. But when something is just kind of there's a loud screeching yeah. in the room you go into it's very loud yeah it like, is, play, play this game loud <laughs> it is yeah play, play it loud it's a it, it is a uh it, it is a constant assault but in a very kind of like directed and like artful way like you don't want to call it subtle but like it is wearing you down in a in a very yeah. sensory like a way yeah like, literally like it yeah. is you know with like, the sounds of grindstones yeah like with metal on metal like like you know it is making these sparks that kind of light up this whole experience in an amazing way and like the soundtrack to this like is i feel like it might be yamaoka at the height of his powers um just because it has that sound design and you know all, all of the kind of like music and ambience plays into it but also like this is i think the most listenable of the of the soundtracks because he's kind of taking this pop sensibility i don't know if it's because of you know we have heather as a character but like it's it's incredibly melodic and pleasant when it wants to be which just makes it more upsetting when it switches over to like tube and throat singing like cult devil stuff Mm -hmm. yeah um as as per usual for silent hill this game has multiple endings um but they're not as cool in how they articulate um, the other ones, uh, so Silent Hill 1 had this, uh, these kind of plot checkpoints. You'd pass these little moral tests and then kind of one big side quest. And if you did that, you would get the, the good ending. Um, Silent Hill 2 actually looked at how you played 
and gave you an ending determined uh, based on that. Silent Hill 3 uh, just has this kind of point system based on how violent you are, um, measured by enemies killed. Uh, again, kind of, you know, if you want this uh, this ending, you know, kill everything. Yeah, you can, um, you can and, only get it on a second playthrough as well. Yes, exactly, yeah. And then, uh, you know, so also your damage you receive, and then just kind of one choice near the end, which isn't hallmarked as a choice. Right. Uh, very well. Um, I mean, not very well. I mean, it's, it's good that they hit it, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's also counterintuitive. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It is. Uh, so that's kind of what determines your ending. And then even the individual endings are not as meaningfully different as they are in Silent Hill 2. Right. Which to me, like, is an extension of like, as much as I, I, I did really like this game, like, it is not as meaningful in general as Silent Hill 2. Right. Right. Um, like Silent Hill 2 is, is a masterpiece class. Like, this is, mm-hmm. this is a very great, scary game mm-hmm. that I think, like, works way better as an exercise in terror and aesthetics than it does yep. as an actual plot. Right. Um, and that, you know, we, we haven't talked about it much, like leading up to this, but like some of the plot stuff actually left me kind of cold in this game. Hmm. Um, why, whereas the environments and what I was doing always worked. Right. So I was always compelled to play it. I just didn't like, I was like coming off of Silent Hill two where like it, I had this emotional resonance. Like I didn't yeah. have an emotional response to this game. Yeah. Um, it didn't it's, do that for me. It's far more arcane, and like even the the the, the most ardent Silent Hill fan will not vouch for the cult side of the story and the mythos that is never strong and the fact that this outwardly leans on that as opposed to what it ought to be leaning on which is kind of father-daughter relationships and like the fact that the antagonist in this is dealing with a lost friend and lost faith like Mm -hmm. if they could have surfaced that even more that i think would have made it feel not as emotionally resonant maybe for us Again, because, uh, you know, like, as two sad dudes, we identify with James. Yeah, we identify uh, with sad. Two sad dudes. We go to the right and cry at stuff. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> are you a sad enough dude to not rescue the president? Are you, are you a sad enough dude to stay inside today? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it, President Ronnie. The, um but, but it, 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 I, I think that's true. I think that like being the target audience is a big part of it. And like if if you're gonna you know wrap not wrap up, but if you're going to articulate on the the plot the cult stuff, like this is a this is a fine execution of that, right? Right. Like the, the cult is relatively like it's it's in, more interesting here than it was in Silent Hill One by miles. Um, you know the yeah by by quite a bit. And the the stuff it it kind of does is more interesting. I don't know if I like I wanted more time with it. Mm-hmm. Or more like kind of uh, uh, elaboration. Yeah, maybe that would have would have helped. But it's just this weird kind of the the parts in between, like the scary level parts, didn't feel as much like I was exploring a character, right? As they do in two, right? You know, whereas like two is just like oh, like this is this all makes sense for being a reflection of this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything I'm doing is adding to the story. Here they're like oh, there are like long hallways in the subway. This doesn't feel like much. Mm-hmm. You know, like there were a lot there was chronological real estate i was spent that wasn't developing that emotional impact and like that's kind of maybe what i'm picking up on yeah um it's it's not as it's not as efficient and kind of like resourceful as a storytelling uh experience as silent hill 2 is and just that this is something that i i have as a note here at the end of the generalities and maybe we can hit in the in the in the final analysis but like this is a huge deal in the silent hill community community where like you can't follow silent hill 2 up to the point where that is a statistical anomaly in the mm-hmm. series and it actually like for for a bugbear for me is whenever silent hill 2 is used as kind of a cudgel to slap down the cool stuff that happens in other games 
<laughs> you mean other Silent Hill games or yeah, other games in uh, general? Other, other Silent Hill games. Yeah, um, yeah. Don't, just, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Right, uh, right. Yeah. And, and, and so, and so, like, I just, you can't follow something that good up. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, like, there, there, there definitely is a notion of, like, leaving on a high note. But, like, there's cool stuff that happens in the series afterwards. And comparisons between two and three, especially because they are so visually and, you know, like, they're, they're, they're so similar visually and, you know, by pacing, like, it's going to happen. It just it, it it bugs me when that like when when they are held up against each other because they it just can't it can't be as good yeah and and I'm not saying that Silent Hill three is like not worth playing or not good yeah because it's not it's just more like it does a good job of kind of making me like Silent Hill two more because I can appreciate what it did and how hard those things are to do mm-hmm. you know in seeing a game not do it yeah but like I enjoyed all my time with Silent Hill three like it's mm-hmm. a really good game it scared the shit like I had a a really intense like. <laughs> adrenaline response you know yeah which is still valuable mm-hmm. um i i like 100 like would be in the same situation you are because mm-hmm. that's that's the thing for games i like too you yeah. know that ends up being a uh you, you know like we're, we're you know that ends up happening with like for example um like when people like slack on deus ex 2 which mm-hmm. is not a great game and is way worse than the first one but no one would admit <laughs> it does anything neat right uh just because it's not the first one mm-hmm. and it's like no it's not but it does some neat things Same dark souls too man yeah like what, what a what a you know what a even <laughs> closer and more you know more uh intense example where like no one will admit that that game does anything neat because it's not the first one right and get out of here with that shit you know like there's <laughs> yeah. if you can't you can't expect like somebody to just make a pluses consistently like it's it's very <laughs> rare like I don't, yeah. I don't know a lot of uh a lot of series that do that right um, so when, when, when I, I won't bring that up as a point of comparison a lot, just kind mm-hmm. of as a generality thing. And I'll yeah, talk about yeah. the individual kind of moments that fell a little flat for me that didn't do that impact. For sure. Um, when they come up, but mm-hmm. it's not, uh, it didn't ruin the game for me. I think they're both essential if you like scary things. Yeah. Um, and feeling, you know, dread <laughs> and bad about yourself. If, if, if you like doing something that your whole body tells you you shouldn't be doing. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so that, that's a, you know, Silent Hill 3 is like, reaching into a garbage disposal to grab a fork that's out of there, you know, without being able to see the switch. Yeah. Whereas like Silent Hill 2 is just like, I'm going to think about my dad for a while. You know, like, I, <laughs> like I'm going to feel bad. You know, like one of them is like, do I want to have this like emotion, like this uh, physical thrill? Mm-hmm. And one of them is like, I want to feel bad. Yeah. And, and uh, like, I always want to feel bad. <laughs> well, like, one, of, one of those is much rarer and much harder to do. Yes, like, exactly. You know, on, on like the emotion, you know, like the, the, the emotional side of it, like, you know, I can probably count on like my one, one hand, the number of games mm-hmm. that have, have affected me as, you know, as, as much as Silent Hill 2 has in an emotional way. Like mm. what Silent Hill Three is doing on one hand is cheap, right? Like it's it's sensory, it's visual, it's leaning into like what video games and especially horror has done as a visual medium for like since forever, right? Mm-hmm. Use visual spectacle to instill you know these base emotions in the observer, right? But like taken as what you know again taken for what it's trying to do it is incredibly successful at that yeah there's there's value in in really great execution of an idea that's been done a bunch of times yeah like there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. you know um and that's that's kind of how i came away from thinking of, of silent hill too like this is something this is a wonderful execution of something i've seen before yeah um which is you know again super valuable mm-hmm. um this is this is as we mentioned a little bit this is a direct sequel to silent hill one um which and doesn't we, happen in this series yeah, which is yeah, which which it usually is kind of based around this this town with a certain name. The um, <laughs> but this actually kind of wraps it up, and it, it's 
playing this and playing that first one, I'm glad I played the first one because it makes sense. Like, they couldn't allow the first one just to be an island <laughs> in a post-Silent Hill 2 world, right. you know, where it's just like, oh, that was that silly game we did where, like, there's lots of fog and you you, you run around and there's some, like, vague notes, but, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so so it's really good that they did this. And we'll we'll kind of talk a little bit about Silent Hill 1 in the middle of this uh, when it kind of becomes relevant. Yes, because um, the way that this game hands out that information is pretty cool, yeah. I think. Um, leading up to it, like the the car ride exposition scene that you get is a little bit lame, especially if you know what happens. But like you know that reveal, if you walk into this without knowing what it is, is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um. So <laughs> there's a movie adaptation of Silent Hill Three, which I had the displeasure of watching. I didn't see it when it was in theaters, just because I thought it was not going to look very good. Uh, but I wanted to watch it. Uh, Silent Hill Revelation 3D. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, rent, rented it on the old Apple TV and boy oh boy is it really bad and I say this is somebody who liked the first Silent Hill movie um, yeah I watched I watched some clips of it uh, <laughs> on, online it's pretty rough yep. um, yeah so so whoopsie uh, but yeah it, it, it adopts the uh, it, it adopts the story generally but takes away everything that is interesting about it yeah, yeah. Ad- adaptations are hard Yep. The, uh, you know, um, the, I'm not, I'm not sure that made it sound like I was just like, leave them alone. <laughs> they're nice people. Um, no, I, it's just, uh, like even like they're, they're terrible people yeah. and <laughs> the, the, uh, they're probably not, but the, it is, it is hard to do. Mm-hmm. So it's like, usually when I go into one of these things, same thing again, just like, I, I haven't seen the first Silent Hill movie, but like all the Resident Evil movies are pretty bad. Mm-hmm. The, uh, when you, when you try to adapt these kind of things, yeah, it doesn't yeah. work. Um, stop doing it. The, um, so, so this, uh, was actually concurrently designed with the game that would become Silent Hill for the room, um, which is the, the, the Silent Hill game that I think has the most interesting premise that everyone tells me it eventually just gives up on, um, which is a bummer. <laughs> I don't think it um, does. I don't know that it, it gets, ri- it gets rid of the premise. It just gets more intense and about a different thing part way through. It adds another thing that overpowers it, but it's still there. Yeah, I, d- I just really like the idea of being trapped in an apartment. Yeah. The uh, or, tra- or trapped in a room. And like I know that you end up leaving, you know, through through little portally things and stuff. Spoiler for Silent Hill 4, I guess. <laughs> but uh I, people who I've talked to who have played it end up saying like it loses focus on that. Mm-hmm. Um that may, you know, I haven't actually played it though. Yeah. I'm so uh, I'm going to be streaming that one sooner rather than later actually. Oh, okay. So yeah. if you do not want to spend 10 hours on a game where the back half is a very long escort mission, um, I would recommend oh. keeping an after that. <laughs> oh, no, don't I? Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. That's that's the other thing too. Is I was like, hoping to find a non-screaming idiot version yeah. of a stream. So maybe I'll I'll check that out if you end up throwing that on YouTube because mm-hmm. I would like to experience it because it is you know that's the last game made by the same team, right? That's the last like Team Silent game. Yes, uh, even even though it was made by a smaller core and more newcomers. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, Cole, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the setup? We're going to talk about the plot as it happens because the game takes joy in revealing plot points. Yes. Um, and uh, but let's uh, let's get to the premise. Yeah. So a teenage girl wakes up from a grisly nightmare, sitting in an empty burger restaurant, the Happy Burger, um, mm-hmm. in a in a mall in Portland, Maine. Um, and strange things are happening around her, and she finds out that these strangers are looking for her. Um, for reasons that she doesn't quite understand, uh, but are related to her past. 
Yes. Yeah. And which, uh, and, and it doesn't actually start off with her waking up. It starts off with this nightmare, which is a really good move. Um, because, <laughs> and, and I, I said this before and, and, you know, I, I'm going to be slightly more negative about this game in the beginning than I will be in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the first two levels are bad. Right. I think the, I think the mall and the subway system are, are really poorly designed. Yeah. Um, but you don't start out with those because if you did, like, I, I see myself being younger and, like, putting this down forever. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, you start off in this uh, amusement park. Um, and the amusement park is great. Yes. Uh, there's, it is this, there's, yeah. a, there's a cinematic that leads into this where, you know, there's these swirling, this swirling darkness and like this circle, this rotating circle filled with cells and the shaking head creaser, creature is on a close up and then you see a carousel. And then we finally have Heather walking into the amusement park with a, with a, with a knife. Yes. Uh, past these, these mascots, <laughs> these, uh, these Robbie the rabbits and like, boy, just like dead mascots and they never come up. <laughs> there's never like a live one that you fight and I'm so happy about that I was like because they're just everywhere mm-hmm. like it's just uh, you know somebody's just killed all of these mascots yeah and, um, and Heather's not sure if there are bodies inside of them yeah I love like there's a weird smell coming from this but it doesn't quite smell like a body <laughs> just like, oh that's good um, yeah the, uh, and then there are these uh, these kind of like vaguely human looking shapes that are in these rust blood cages mm-hmm. uh, there as well and and, and you know uh, you kind of kind of check those out on your way um, eventually to get to the the first kind of uh, round area where there's fighting. You're just yes. to the first two uh, first two enemies, uh, which leads me to a question, uh, yeah. Cole. Who is Two Dog? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think they're actually called uh, Split Faces. But yes, yes. Two Dog. Uh, two, two Dog is actually the representation of the, of, of the of the duality of one of the characters in the game, <laughs> and and their fear of dogs. Yeah, and uh, the fact that they died in a fire. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I've read the wikis. Um, so. And also something about circumcision. Yes, and, then, and I have not read that. Um, and then these these, these gigantic guys with uh, uncircumcised dick arms and big prolapsed faces. Yeah, big uh, big, big rotating, like the, the <laughs> they have these prolapsed faces with like vaguely slit looking kind of kind of kind of mouth aperture kind of things that uh, that rotate and spin in a jerky high frame rate motion in mm-hmm. relation to to what they're these are actually enemies from um from Silent Hill 2. Mm-hmm. Uh they're called closers um or closers rather. Um and uh and 2 they were the things that uh clung to the metal grating that you had to walk over and would okay. come up and like hit you. Um but they but they hung down whereas here you know like they are kind of meant to represent this exaggerated female form. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So these things are walking around. These things are pretty easy to avoid. The dogs are less so. Yep. It took me a long time to get, get the melee timing to fight dogs with a melee weapon Yeah. in this game. Um, eventually you get it. And mm-hmm. it's good that they give you this kind of like area where you can practice it. Yeah. Um, so like once you get it, you're good. Um, but it, it takes takes a while. So just, just even with the enhanced control scheme and kind of empowered player, like mm-hmm. it's still there's a getting used to a wind up yep. um, with the melee weapons takes a while. Um, and the knife is bad. Yeah, the knife, uh, fortunately, you get an alternative pretty quick. Uh, yes. Two things here. Uh, if you die at any point, Heather wakes up. Like, it, okay. is not, it is not a game over. You don't have to get to the very end uh, to, to make that happen. Also, I encouraged you, Gary, to play on uh, to play on easy action mode. That, mm-hmm. is, a, that is a thing that I forgot to put in the, into the generalities. Uh, the, there are different difficulty sliders for, uh, for action. 
and for, and for puzzles. Riddles. Yes, or for riddles. Yeah, I think uh, it says riddle, which yeah. is very funny. <laughs> Answer me. Yeah. <laughs> if, we can, if we can guess this game's true name, if we can say it's goblin name backwards, then we gain all of its gold. Yeah. Um, um, but uh, but no, if you're on if you, if you're not on easy, then there are just holes in the grates that you can fall through if you're running. Um, yeah. which sucks. It is a bad design decision that uh, that I don't get behind. So I was like, Gary, you're going to get upset about this if it happens. <laughs> so um, I, I would have been mad falling into things, even though I, w- I did have safe states and stuff, yeah. so I probably could have got around it. I, I ended up doing easy combat difficulty because that's not what I'm interested in playing the game for. Mm, right. Like, even, you know... The fights that we had in this, like I, the the boss fights and the like, none of which I think are particularly like great fights. Right. They're just fine. Like it, it's like the combat is fine. You know, it, it doesn't get in the way as I mentioned before. So I, I, at no point was I like, I want this to be harder. Right. Like I could see the resource scarcity being up a little bit and that yeah. being helpful um, and be having a good effect. But I didn't want to fall in pits. I didn't really want to have to fight a lot of things. So yeah. I don't know exactly what the combat difficulty adjusts if it just makes enemies have fewer hit points mm-hmm. and do less damage, which is my guess. Yeah. Um, but I also ran past a lot of monsters. Which, uh, quite honestly, the game wants you to do anyway. Yes. Unless you exactly. are pursuing that, uh, that, that bad unless, ending. Genocide ending. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing you're, you're introduced to as you kind of go up this, so if you don't, uh, don't die, uh, if you, you head up this roller coaster, um, you can hear, or this is where they introduce, what are those monsters called? The, uh, the spinning screech monsters. Uh, oh, that, the, like, pe- the pendulums. Yeah. Pendulums. Uh, those things, which are really <laughs> interesting and, uh, make the worst noise that a video game monster has ever made. Um, yeah. <laughs> just whenever there's one in, in the room. Yeah. Anytime there's one in the room, they just make this really high pitched screeching noise. Which you're hearing uh, right now. <laughs> really intense. Turn it off, Cole. <laughs> so uh, one of those things, and and it's not quite, uh, I think that this first time when you're in this area, it's not where you can reach it. It's just kind of there. Yeah. And that's really cool. Like just seeing this thing spin in the background, trying to figure out what it was, mm-hmm. you know, with the, with this kind of darkness and, and PS2, like excellent graphics, but still PS2 level graphic fidelity mm-hmm. um, was really fun. Yeah. And uh, uh, those things are great. They're, uh, they're conjoined torsos that are uh, mm-hmm. kind of like joined at the waist, but it's very, they're very small. They're mostly blade and they, they hover by spinning these like rusty blade apertures um, from their arms and stuff. Yeah. Rusty blade is pretty much the, like uh, my my poor name. <laughs> Damn it! No, I, I, if, you, <laughs> if you didn't say that, I was going to take it. <laughs> yeah, it was going. It was going for just being being the primary aesthetic of Silent Hill. Yeah, is Rusty Blade, but the. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Is, um, is Rusty Blade and Scorch's entourage? <laughs> the kills, I don't know if we want to give Scorch an entourage. I don't know if one managed to have that much power. Um, <laughs> Maybe they're sometimes rivals. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Rusty okay. Blade could be his mentor. <laughs> Rusty Blade <laughs> guy, secrets. is the guy who taught him motorcycle repair. It's a, it taught him how, uh, how to roll a cigarette pack up in your sleeve. Yeah. And to turn one of the cigarettes around every time. The, <laughs> it's, um, it's your lucky zig. Yeah. The, uh, so, so after you get up to the top of this uh, this roller coaster, um, you make your way out of the tracks and you end up getting hit by a, uh, the mountain coaster. <laughs> yep. And, um, wait. Uh, terrifying. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Just the, yeah. the, the, this thing coming and you can't run away.
you wake up in the in the mall, um, and this is where New Game Plus uh, kind of starts up, and it's this beautiful kind of like uh, sunset uh, kind of appearance um, mm-hmm. as she kind of sleepily wakes up with this locket um, kind of very prominently displayed um, in all of the shots here. Um, and I love the music that picks up as she steps out and calls her dad. Um, this kind of like lazy afternoon guitar mm-hmm. that pops up. But yeah, she calls her dad and says, "Like, yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be coming home as, uh, as, as our goofy friend Douglas Cartland approaches." Douglas Cartland's real weird. Uh, the weird, the other thing that's weird here is that she slept like while the mall closed. Yep. Which like that's a, that's kind of a nightmare in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Like, what do I do? <laughs> uh, I think I, I told this story before, um, and it's really brief. But I, I walked into there's a grocery store. I didn't know it was closed, but they left their door unlocked. Oh. And 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 I walked in once. They they had the night crew there restocking, so all the lights were on. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just walking in there thinking it was a normal grocery store. And a grocery store clerk tears around a corner at the end of an aisle, running towards me going, Colorado! <laughs> Which I think was like some kind of code word for if somebody breaks into the grocery store. <laughs> and it was one of the weirdest things that's ever happened to me. And I was just like, oh, excuse me? <laughs> like, what? And then they were like, oh, oh. Uh, and, I, and I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, we're not open. And I was like, oh, your door was unlocked. And, and he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> And then I just left, but it was like, he just, just out of nowhere, just peeling out. Mm-hmm. Colorado! Um, yeah, so do, being, being in places after they close, that's, yeah. uh, that's got it. Uh, but, but this guy, uh, so, so Douglas Cartland, um, his voice, he sounds like, um, like a narrator from a 70s Disney movie or something. Heather. Yeah, just like, Heather, I need to speak with you. My name is Douglas Cartland. I'm a detective. Like a little, or like a like a bastion transistor, super giant kind of like yeah. voice, almost a little bit. Like if he was saying things with a little bit more gravitas, yeah. to them, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but he, uh, you know, he he approaches and says, like, "Hey, you know, I'm somebody wants to meet you. It's 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 about your birth." And Heather rightfully reacts, um, saying, "Like, you know what? I'm going to scream," and then goes into the bathroom to escape it. Yeah. Yeah, because he's a strange man approaching you. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. she has reason to be suspicious of people approaching her um, related to her family and her past. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, inside the bathroom, we're introduced to this, uh, this first kind of uh, your save points in this game, which are these sigils. Um, this is a circular red mark called the Halo of the Sun. Um, and she keeps seeing it here. And one of the things I like is it doesn't just uh, you just walk up to it and it just goes into save. Like she always comments on it. Yeah. And I really like that because it exists in the world. It's not like a little bit of video game magic floating in, in nothing. Yeah. And uh, like, I love the uh, the description that she gives about it. Like it gives her a headache to look at it and she can't she can't, you know, figure out where she remembers it from. And I think this is also a line used in Silent Hill, too, but mentions like it feels like somebody is like reaching in through my eyes and rooting around in my brain when I look at this. Um, so she, there's somebody in the stall. She can't get in the stall to hide. And she can't go out the way she came because uh, old old detective sleepy voice is out there. <laughs> so she decides to go out through the window. And uh, you end up through these kind of back hallways. And you end up in a section of the mall that is really dilapidated. Um, and uh, boy, oh boy, this <laughs> this game actually very accurately models what the back of a mall looks like. Yeah. I used to work in a mall. And it was very fun to walk around um, in those, in the like, the, essentially the steam tunnels you know, mm-hmm. carrying the garbage out and what have you. Um, probably too accurately because this level is mostly empty space. It is. There's so much, there's so little, like I, like I, because it's a, it's a, when you, when you're making that decision, when you're making a game between having like a, a place that makes sense, right? Like that's important. Like this actually feels like a mall. Mm-hmm. That's important. That's good. But you're, you're buying something with that. And what you're buying is like lack of interest because mm-hmm. like there's so little to 
there's like a lot of space between set pieces mm-hmm. here, and then just uh, I'm not going to harp on too much, but so many broken locks. Yeah, like I just really wish there was a visual indicator of those rather than just having me check every single one because mm-hmm. same thing. And this happened in the second game too in the apartment building, but like. I spend so much time in this game just clicking on locks. It becomes less of an issue, you know, just when you when you realize that like the map is the main character of a Silent Hill game. Like the, ma- the maps you're... are really good in this game. Yeah. Like in general, like the 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 maps all throughout, and they do a cool thing with the map later. Mm-hmm. Like I like the map. It still just ends up becoming like a checklist I have to do though. So like having having the checklist is handy, mm-hmm. but I'm still filling out a checklist. It, it changes it from like you know. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what it would be like without that map. Like, then it would be egregious. Like, it would be like, oh, boy, this is maybe not such a great game. <laughs> right. Like, that would that would destroy it because you would have no idea knowing where you were and you would just spend forever. Like, And I think that, like, it's, it's kind of, you know, it does this again with the subway section to a lesser extent. And I think what it's trying to do is emulate that, like, endless hallway nightmare feeling. Yeah. Uh, but it just does it for a lot of the game. And I'm just like, it's, you gotta, you got to deploy that stuff tactically. <laughs> right. You know, not the, the entirety of Bloodborne could not have been the Miko Ash fight. Right. You know, um, just use that tactically. And mm-hmm. it, it doesn't quite do that. So no. this was a bummer for me a little bit. The the other problem with having an environment that is, you know, that has this much verisimilitude is the, the fact that the way forward, like the actual doors that you're supposed to pay attention to, um, there's not enough visual interest placed on them. Like, yeah. there's very little difference between a store you can walk in and a store that is, you know, just kind of meant to be set dressing. And that becomes, like, a real problem, especially when you're walking around in the hallways of this, um, you know, up on the balconies and such, uh, trying to find just, like, just tell me which store I need to go into, you know, when the camera just doesn't, like, point out, like, oh, the light is on inside this this store where the shutter is halfway down. Yeah, the, li- the light would have been a big difference. Like, they, they could have done, there's a lot of little tiny visual cues that seem obvious to me, which make me think that like it was an intentional thing to make you feel more lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just, that's just it's kind of like a bold and maybe misguided step for your first level of your game to like make me like because I and, and heaven help you if you miss something. <laughs> you know, like I was checking the map, but like just digging through. You know, the load times are relatively quick, but switching to the map between like every like fifth or sixth door to see where I need to go yeah. gets tedious. You know, so I ended up missing a door on the first floor and having to do some backtracking, mm-hmm. which is just you know kind of a pain it's not a huge deal but it was still a little bit of a pain and, and added some friction to an otherwise frictionless kind of experience yeah our uh, our buddy dr static in the slack he was talking about how he was playing it and he didn't pick up the map oh wow and yeah. he got to the other world without it and like That's that map is gone and like that man oh man that that is a terrible way to be introduced to this game they don't uh they don't the, the the signaling for doors they don't do a really good job with it for maps either like sometimes the map is very obvious and it's in a, an area you know right in the beginning of the the area which is where it should be um getting the map in the the subway section is you know you you can go you can go a long way into the subway section without going to where the map is right no problem you know so just having the map be like the first thing as soon as you get there i don't think would have hurt anything again you're you're making that trade for like verisimilitude versus gaminess but just having the map on the ground, like a folded up map on a display on the wall with like a light above it mm-hmm. would have been fine. Yeah. You know, like that would have you would have cut out a lot of friction, I think, because navigating these areas without a map it is sounds like a, a special hell. Yeah. But this mall is incredibly dilapidated and there's really only one store that you can go into, um, which is a clothing store where we get uh, the oh, my God, it's a monster. Yes. Uh, kind of thing like this does not belong in the real world. You know, she just woke up. She just saw these things in her nightmare. But now it is bearing down on her. Yes. And this is this is another one of those closers. 
Um, yeah, so she, she, uh, I believe it, yeah, it's closer in this, this first one. And then we're introduced to the little guys. Um, <laughs> yep. Little guys. Um, <laughs> the, little, yeah. the little guys that progressively get bigger. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so you, you found a gun in here too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she can use, it. I love these little hints that like Heather has kind of like a badass, like bad girl past too. Like, yeah, there's a place where she like refuses to pick up cigarettes. She's like, yeah, quit. <laughs> yeah. No, like, like, she, she's a, she's a lady scorch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> lady scorch. Uh, no, she says, I quit for good this time. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're, you're 17, doc. <laughs> yeah. She, she, yeah. How many times have you quit? Um, yeah. She, she's, she's a bad girl. Yeah. Uh, I think there's also, there's also an allusion to her like past with shoplifting too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because she yeah, she was not taking stuff out of this this store. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so she kills this this monster. She empties a clip into it, and then uh, now the hallways are filled with monsters because they've introduced the, the one you know the thing? one Resident Evil zombie chowing down on on Vickers or whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not, it's not Vickers, I know. Um, <laughs> the uh, chowing down on on one of your uh, stars members. So the uh, now there can be monsters everywhere, yes. and uh, the, these little guys, which are little two legged, um, boy. I mean, you have them here as, as sperm dinosaurs, which I don't know if I quite saw sperm dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've got the they've got the round head and like the like the tail like hanging back from them. Uh, they're called numbodies, and if you look on the Silent Hill w- w- wiki, which is the wiki the single wiki that is most comfortable having speculation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's funny when they say now this is just some some fan speculation like it, it's it's fine it's all speculation you're cool unless there's develop developer commentary saying what it is um but the but the official line of the one that i that i see the most is that these are supposed to represent fetuses yes and and specifically fear of stillbirth yes which is like hey okay like like i'm, I'm not gonna take that away from anybody i didn't really see it from them but like i can i can see it um so you, you fight these things or not uh, as the case may be which i would recommend not fighting them because they're not too bad yeah um there are also i think dogs appear here as well yeah there's uh some of them in the in the main hallways and specifically there's uh there's a room where you can find uh your decoy item this beef jerky yes uh, i didn't use beef jerky once Huh. How uh, how effective is it? Tell me how to use uh, how you use beef jerky. <laughs> what am beef jerky? Uh, yeah. No, you just uh, like if if you're in a big area with a bunch of with a bunch of enemies like really bugging you, um, you can mm-hmm. drop beef jerky and it draws it draws the uh, whatever enemy is nearby toward it. Is it persistent? Like if you leave the room and come back, or does that beef jerky get then get eaten and go to beef jerky heaven? I believe it goes to beef jerky heaven, which is to become poop. Okay, because that was the reason I I was just like oh I'm gonna end up backtracking through here. I don't mm-hmm. want to use a consumable. In order to like, because I'm sure I'll end up heading back this way. Yeah. Even though I ended up like ended the game with like six beef jerkies. Yeah. So I, I definitely could have used some of them, but I just never ended up doing it. Yeah. Um, and that's probably because of you know, in full disclosure, like playing on that easy, dif- you know, mm. combat difficulty. Like maybe that's a really necessary tactic on yeah. on hard I, combat difficulty. I played on normal, like action difficulty, and I never used them in this playthrough. Okay. Like it was just like a novelty that I did not feel like going into a menu for. Yeah. My my point just being that um, dogs you should kill. Like you can leave the sperm dinosaurs alone, but dogs will kind of harry you. Yes, and, uh, and are a pain. Um, you end up in another storeroom uh, where there's a save point, and there's this key under a pallet. <laughs> and uh, and at this point, Heather just is is kind of lazy. Uh huh. Like it's like how uh, you know sometimes like I will get some water out of the bathroom sink rather than going downstairs to the kitchen because uh-huh. it's basically the same water. I'm like I don't feel like doing that. <laughs> That's how she feels about this key necessary to progress out of Nightmare Land. Yeah, uh, she doesn't. Gotta... She doesn't want to move the cardboard boxes that are on top of the pallet. No, they're load bearing boxes. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. Uh, so you have to go to the bakery and get some tongs because mm-hmm. uh, again they they have to have puzzles in here and they have to be diegetic. You know mm-hmm. they they have to be have this sense of realism to them. So you're getting things like tongs. <laughs> And if you look at if you look at a loaf of bread, she says it's bread. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> okay, Heather. Yeah. Um, uh, but this key is for is for the bookstore uh, where you get to kind of one of the first, not like real puzzles in the game, but like, hey, this this is like a close-up puzzle from Sanitarium. Yes. Um, where the, the, the door to the back, which will get you to another kind of like back hallway, has a note next to it that uh, that kind of it says, fair is foul and foul is fair. Put these books out of order. Which just means there's a, a section of shelving where books have fallen off of it. They're uh, like the complete works of Shakespeare, volume one to five, um, and you just have to put them back in, not in you know one to five order, but in a way that reveals the the, the, the number, like the key card combination. Yeah, there's there's numbers written on the spine. Yes. In addition, like just kind of uh, in lipstick or something, and they have to be put in order for that. Yeah. To us to yeah. assemble it. Uh, this is one of the first big differences between um, uh, hard mode puzzles and uh, regular puzzles. Uh, which is instead of having, uh, uh, instead of, oh, gosh, I forget exactly how it articulates, but the order that you put them in, like the actual combination, is dictated by a poem that is made up of obscure references to Shakespeare. Yeah, and, it sounded like the difference between medium and hard mode riddles was ridiculous. Yeah, it's it, like it gets, uh, it, it requires outside knowledge. In this mm. one, um, it, it requires like you to interpret poetry. It requires like just a lot of you. Uh, yeah. In a way that, like, I kind of respect and is cool that, like, they decided, yeah, let's just up the ante and make them ridiculous. I, I don't, I don't like uh, expecting outside knowledge. Like, I, I think that like a puzzle like needs to tell you how to solve it. Like, you need to have the, the elements there. Yeah. Because if it's just if it's just a test how well I know Shakespeare, like, that's not a puzzle. You know that like that's that's not the word for that. Um, so it's like I dig that they're hard. Um, if you want to make them hard, but I thought the medium ones were fine. Yeah, like nothing, nothing is that hard. But again, I'm just, I just want this to be like a, a like a rusty uh, hot tub full of blood that I soak in. <laughs> like it, it's just, I just want to experience this aesthetic for like five hours. Like that's why I'm playing this game, not because I want to, you know, test my knowledge of Shakespeare. And, um, and, and something that we're going to notice here, and like I might as well call it out now, because like, hey, sh- people study Shakespeare in high school. A lot of the puzzles are actually geared toward high school knowledge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> specifically high school science. A little bit later on, um, but uh, but yeah, that, like that is that is totally a thing where Silent Hill, as like a reflection of whoever is walking through it, is arranging itself to like you know to what she would know yeah yeah which is i mean just having to do, so shakespeare and the science stuff actually makes sense but then actually testing the player's knowledge is weirdly like like it, it just it doesn't uh yes like you should know that stuff from high school mm-hmm. but you know maybe some people didn't get a chance to go to high school you know like maybe they don't uh you know <laughs> that, that's uh those people deserve to play your game too um the after you uh you get through this point uh, you get this cutscene. Um, the strange-looking woman with a hood, and uh, and she says uh, they've come to witness the beginning, the rebirth of paradise, unspoiled by mankind. She's talking about the monsters. Yes, and uh, and and she says your power is needed, and this is Claudia. Um, kind of the, the she's the antagonist. Yes, and so Claudia, uh, she looks very spooky. Uh, she has no eyebrows, um, and uh, she's modeled after Julianne Moore. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she it's it's one of the more explicit like modelings of characters after actors um in here but yeah she says you know to you know specifically to heather you know like the <laughs> claudia is the only real human that she's seen in this other world version since, since she's seen a monster telling her to remember her and her true self as well um saying that heather will lead them back to paradise with bloodstained hands they've come to witness the beginning the rebirth of paradise despoiled by Remember me and your true self as well. 
And this uh, this this unlocks, you know, Heather has kind of a, a psychic breakdown yeah. at this point because these words mean something mm-hmm. and Claudia leaves. Yeah. And she's um, also like kind of grasping at her midsection. She's doubling over. Yes. Yeah. She's having uh, birth pangs. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler. The, uh, <laughs> so, so you head into this elevator. Um, the elevator doesn't actually have any buttons, though, and a radio <laughs> drops from the ceiling, which is a, a stand, standard, you know, Silent Hill mechanic yes. of having this audio cue um, when monsters are about. Yes. Um, I love the I love the elevator with no buttons that yeah. just starts going down for no reason, and the radio shows up and starts blaring as you step out uh, from the elevator into the dark world. Right, we're still at this point transitioning into into the other world, um, you know, through hallways or through kind of like you know actual transition points. We're gonna get to some of the cooler stuff later. But uh, you get this you get this flash of some organic things writhing. Yeah. Um, and the door closes behind her, the cage drops with this resounding thoom. And then yeah, she starts saying, like, not even a kid could believe this as we pass by the spinning fan and just things are turning nightmarish. Yep. And you are now in Dark Mall. <laughs> Everything uh, is six hundred and sixty percent off. It, it is true. The gates are open. The uh, <laughs> the uh, so so now everything is darker and grungier and bloodier and just everything is is full of this you know flaming hot Cheeto dust uh, <laughs> that is it's everywhere. And because of this, you're going to need a flashlight. Um, you end up in the storeroom where you can get a flashlight. And this is something where there's a sign on the door that says like, "When you leave, make sure you turn off the lights. If you don't, you'll know." And I was like, "Oh, is like something spooky going to happen if I don't turn off the lights before I leave?" But nothing happened to me. I don't know if I just missed it or maybe there was something subtle. No, I couldn't tell either. Like, I didn't remember this from you know, kind of like the recent playthroughs. And I was like, oh, like, is there, I was paying extra attention and doing stuff. I really think they were just directing your attention to the lights so you could find the find the flashlight. Yeah, I, it just seemed like something really like, oh, this the sign is threatening me. <laughs> like something, something terrible is going to happen. Yeah. But uh, you make your way back into the, uh, back into the uh, bathroom where you once yes. were. This um, is and- the room that I missed. Uh, oh. So I didn't, I didn't get the uh, the bleach or the um, whatever the other thing is that's that's back this way. Okay, yeah, bleh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you you get one of those chemicals, but also um, there's a a stall door is open. You can go in and inspect the uh, the bathroom if you have a Silent Hill two save on your. Uh, on your on your memory card, Heather will like step up to it and start like going to reach in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she says, wait, no, that's who would even do something so disgusting. Like it, it doesn't matter if there's a clue there. Um, and so they, they, they leave that fan service. Uh, when you go back to the cell that was occupied before it won't open up. And when you walk away, the door swings open and it is just covered in blood. Yeah. So you, uh, you, you head back to the, to the clothing store. Um, I think this bullet, you, you have a, in the notes here, a bulletproof vest. Is that a new game plus thing? Or is that like a, you have to have a save? I, you know what? I don't know. Cause I, had I think a... so. I don't think I got it. I don't think I, and I was being pretty diligent about checking stuff. Yeah. No, um, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, the bulletproof vest, it's there. Most of the, uh, like most of the guides that you read actually mm-hmm. talk about like stuff later on that is unbeatable if you wear it. Um, so I don't know if it's just, it, yeah, I could, I couldn't say. I, I feel like it might be something that you get on subsequent playthroughs. But I, I could be wrong as well. But the, the big thing is here is you're getting a hanger, um, which you couldn't have grabbed any of the thousands of hangers you've run into already. <laughs> no. uh, and if you don't if you don't have the uh, the flashlight, you can't actually grab the hanger. Oh, okay. Yeah, because so it yeah, doesn't cast a shadow or something. I don't making know. You, <laughs> making sure you have that flashlight, which is good. Yeah. Um, use the coat hanger to uh, to lower a ladder 
and uh, head up into this upstairs hallway mm-hmm. up this ladder where there are no hospital gurneys every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, with covered bodies on them, which, you know, is always going to be creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this escalator room, which is one of my favorite, those escalators that just go into nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. Yeah. Like, that, that is really, really good. There's just literally just an empty, endless black pit. And if you head down this escalator, it just ends. <laughs> yep. Um, and I was like, I kept expecting the escalator to turn on. And oh, I was down there and have to, like, run run back up against the escalator. Oh, man. Um, yeah, is yeah super spooky though. Just in general, like having an escalator that goes to nowhere, I really that, like. That's a really good idea. <laughs> like if it started, yeah, if it started carrying you into the void. Yeah, huh. and then yeah, and uh, even if you could just you just press up against it and you would just move slowly, mm-hmm. like that would be really cool. Yeah, I thought. Also, here in uh, this escalator bank is a staticky TV uh, with faint images of of a little girl you recognize her as Cheryl from the first game. You know, saying "Daddy" over and over again. Again, mm-hmm. with these with these escalators that trail off into nothingness. Um, and this gives you access to kind of the upper, the, the, the upper floors. Yes. Um, yeah, you hey, uh, grab a, in the jewelry store, you grab a walnut inside there because that makes sense. <laughs> and then uh, and this, this was a point, too, where I thought I missed something because in the jewelry store, you check out the cabinet and it's like, oh, there used to be a diamond here in the other world. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit, did I, do I have to go back and try to get that fucking diamond that I missed? Uh, but there's, <laughs> you don't. Um, yeah. Thank God. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, the uh, up you get kind of your ultimate goal up here. There's a crescent door up at the top, uh, next like the third floor, mm-hmm. and uh, and on the crescent door it says, uh, "Piling up the three hundredth day and night from beyond the door, cries of pain are heard, and the final destination has become real, though not a blessing, blessed beginning." Which is uh, just nonsense. <laughs> yes, it it sounds like culty. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the nice thing is, you head into this bar and restaurant and find a barbecued dog. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and like you you like the, the this this is where there's character development through the uh through the item description stuff when you go up to reach into it you know she sees a key in a stomach um the, the the text will say it's just a roasted dog anyway i shouldn't let that creep me out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she, yeah. she's supernaturally nonplussed yeah it is uh it is a roasted dog with all the fixins on a silver platter mm-hmm. yeah which i i recognize it's hypocritical of me to not be bothered by the violence toward dogs in this game <laughs> When I've oh, made yeah. when I've made a point of saying like, "Hey, take it easy on the dogs." Well, uh, these are but bad they're, dogs. yeah, they're monsters. Yeah, they're yeah, bad puppers. These yeah. are bad bad pups. Yeah, no, no good pups. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this Kia Moxa Cafe where you can get this steel pipe weapon, which gives you some more range at the very least, if you want to decide to uh, to uh, save some ammo. And this ultimately leads around to this hallway that is full of moths. Yes. Yeah. And this is a, another puzzle. This is just puzzle just isn't there. Like the moths just aren't there in easy mode, I read. Because I couldn't figure out how to do this um, because I'd missed that uh, other item. But essentially what you do is you go into another room, turn off the uh, turn off the fan, mix this bleach and ammonia to create this gas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you, you breathe it in. Like, it's <laughs> yep. a chlorine gas that you breathe in a huge mouthful of. <laughs> she's like leaning over it to make sure that she's yeah, not missing sure the pail, I guess. I don't know. Um <laughs> So you breathe in a bunch of mustard gas or whatever this is, and then uh, go back to turn on the fan to clear it out. But that—that's how you kill the moths. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Okay. So high school science. I, I would have maybe taken my vest and put it over my head and run through them, but <laughs> this, this also works. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, just la- lazy. And she didn't. She didn't want to move those boxes. She's not motivated yet. She's so listless at this point. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh. You get these. Uh. You get an, another wide open area that. Uh, like this. This whole place gets progressively more nightmarish as you go along. I find. Like mm-hmm. it gets rustier and bloodier. Um. And the sound gets much more upsetting again with these pendulum enemies now up. You know, up close, and they are just kind of meant to pursue you in ways that other enemies can't because they can fly. Yeah. 
Yep. Um, yeah, and you want to use, if you're going to fight these things, you probably want to use guns as yep. opposed to melee weapons. I didn't fight them, usually, if I could avoid it, just because uh, they were kind of a pain to fight. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you end up in a workshop with this vice, and you can use the vice to break into the nut, which gets you the moonstone, which you can use to open the crescent door, um, <laughs> which you head out on this balcony, and you're off the map, Yeah, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's just this ladder just going down into nothing. Right. Which I, I love. Uh, that's a big Silent Hill thing, is just going down in endlessly mm-hmm. into nothing. Yeah. I will always love spatial fuckery. Yeah. Always. Um, um, but you climb down this ladder that is way too big. And when you get to the bottom, the base falls off, and we get our first, um, uh, our first fight with this gigantic uh, penis with labia on the front of it, uh, boring in and out of holes. Yes, yeah, it's a giant worm with a, a vertically split mouth um, that pops in and out. And on easy combat difficulty, you just kind of shoot it. Like, it's not too bad. Um, there wasn't very much I had to do. Yeah. Um, is there more to this fight in normal? Uh, no, you just have to you just have to shoot it. I think on normal it gets more aggressive about changing which which hole it, it, it goes in and out, like which, which storefront. Um, okay. And so it will retreat and then pop back out. And when it pops out, it's uh, it, it does damage to you if you're standing okay. in front of it. So you have to like run around. Your first and... whack a mole. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, it's whack a mole. Yeah. Whack. Yeah. Also, you have to shoot it when uh, when when the labia majora are open. Um, okay. If it is if it is not exposing its weak point, then it will. Uh, then it, you know you waste your bullets. Yeah, exactly. It's no longer the seat of a woman's sexual power. Um, <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So so after you uh, kill it, you wake up, which is a, a Silent Hill thing. Mm-hmm. After you kill a boss. And uh, you're, you're getting ready to leave the mall. Um, and this scene is actually like, I like this leaving the mall scene where everything's mm-hmm. quiet and you're not sure if things are fine. <laughs> right. Um, that's a real, like the, the moments after the other world and Silent Hill games are really fun to me because mm-hmm. um, it, it's a really nice kind of release. And you never know, I know I'm going to transition back into the shit, mm-hmm. um, but just when and how subtly it's going to be is, is always kind of up in the air. Yeah. And like this, this is still a spooky, empty dead mall. And uh, yeah, you run into Douglas again. Yeah, and he's like, what the fuck? Yeah, he's, we... seen, he's seen the monsters, too. Um, and Heather accuses him of being with Claudia, and she's not wrong. Yes, even though he should just talk. Like, this is <laughs> yeah. one of those things where, like, it, you know, communication would solve all of this. <laughs> um, but she runs away. She's going to take the subway home, right. um, which moves on to the subway, which is my least favorite level in the game. No. Um, because there's very little to, like, I'm not exploring stores or anything. Nope. There's just nothing. Like it's it, just this infrastructure. is just a big, big, dumb, empty infrastructure that like I would have cut, yeah. or or just like made it not a dungeon. Mm-hmm. Like just make it lead to the sewers quicker. And the, and this you get that absurd space shit here too. Like mm-hmm. as wide as the the streets are in Silent Hill One, are how big these subway platforms are. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, everything is too long in this. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just make the shorter, like get your Jacob's Ladder reference in, and then yeah. like just hit it, and then and then leave. Yeah, hit it and quit it with the Jacob's Ladder references. Yeah. Um, so th- this is a long, kind of dark and abandoned uh, subway, and you need to go to Bergen Street, uh, Platform Three. Um, right. You know, so uh, and this is another area where you can miss the map. 
mm-hmm. too. Like the the map is not uh, if you're making a beeline for where the player says to go, mm-hmm. that doesn't go past the map. No, um, which that's that's real real mistake. And and this also like the like the like the story in this area veers into kind of a like kind of dumb ghost story stuff. Because mm-hmm. you find like newspapers and cult magazines that talk about you know a fatal accident that happened on the Hazel Street platform, you know years ago, where this guy fell, jumped off the platform, and was decapitated by a train. And talking about how those ghosts, you know, who have died violently, will you know stick around and you know get humans to reenact their deaths. And that yes. pays off in this creepy scene where you go down to the Hazel Street platform and like, oh, it pushes you off and then you have to get back up before the train comes. But like, it doesn't do much of anything aside from just being like, like a, like a little EC Comics Tales from the Crypt story. Totally. Exactly. That's exactly what it's like. And it has nothing to do with like the, the cult or with Heather mm-hmm. or anything. Like, yeah. why is that there? Yeah. Um, yeah, I love how you're just finding you're finding cult magazines. <laughs> yeah, like, like it's just like a genre of, of magazine. Um, the the train thing is worth noting though, because like you you'll jump down onto the tracks, but you can never move further up or down the tracks to get to another platform right. without getting a cutscene where a train will hit you, giving you plenty of time to get back up onto the other platform. Mm-hmm. And this this if I hadn't had like a save state, this would have really pissed me off. Yeah. Um, because it's like, there's nothing really to indicate that's going to happen. It's just an instant death. It's not like the train starts coming and you have a chance to get back up. Mm-hmm. It's just, if you pass an arbitrary point on the ground, it just switches to a death cut scene. Right. And that sucks. Yeah. And like um, every other game that has a subway level has you do that running for yes. running down the tracks from one platform to another. Well, and I was like, that's going to be creepy. Like you're going to run down the tracks and then the train's going to come and I have yeah. to get out in time. Like yeah, that's again, a good idea. Just, and like, they actually Jacob, do that Yeah, they do it <laughs> like yeah. in a really, in a really effective way. Like I'm anxious about train tracks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like they do it, but they, up until that point, they train you to just be like, no, I need to stay off the tracks mm-hmm. because every time I get on the tracks, they just kill me for no reason. Yeah. And then like once you, you can't cross the the tracks uh, perpendicularly mm-hmm. uh, because you just can't climb up on the middle platform for no reason. Mm-hmm. So there are, there are like doors of lights on the other side. as like, oh, that's where I need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but no. No, you know, it's, no. it's like this. This is a very poorly designed level. Yeah. Um, and, and like it is specifically about getting around. Yeah. <laughs> like like it, getting around in this place where like just stuff is closed off or these hallways are like caved really in. long hallways between things too. <laughs> yeah they, and like and, and just some of them are just caved in with debris like and there are bodies under that debris like ooh spooky you, you know osha should have inspected those joists <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> their choice control is, is so far <laughs> whack i would say yeah, yeah. Um, so, so the door to this uh, this Hazel Street uh, platform there is locked with a, a chain and nut. And uh, one of the hallways, if you just kind of arbitrarily run into it, there's a platform that's that's blocked with fallen trash. And the body under there has a, a nutcracker on it, which you can use to open that door. You eventually head down. There's a subway train that's parked um, that has a birthday-wrapped kind of gift that has a shotgun in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, that's a cool, uh, this birthday thing is going to, like, they're bringing that in subtly, which I like. <laughs> yep. Um, and then we're introduced to a new monster here, the Insane Cancer. Yes, which uh, is an obese monster thing that lays across doorways. Yes. And uh, until they get up and then you can kind of juke them. Yeah. Um, they, I didn't fight a lot of these things either. They take way more shots than is worth okay. uh, investing yeah. into it. So, yeah. the, you know, fighting them, it, like, tactically they're kind of interesting because you just need to get close enough to get them to get up mm-hmm. and then be able to still get around them. Right. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, the, really the, the whole thing this is leading up to is platform three, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, the one time you have to get down on the, pl- the tracks and get further down and get into a door. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they signal this all right with light. 
yes. um, to go down there. Even though they see a lot of things with light I can't go to, but, you know, <laughs> fine. Um, you get down there, and the door is locked, and as soon as the door is locked, dogs appear and a train starts coming. Yep. So uh, you have to navigate your way back to the platform, and, like, I'm holding my breath the entire time, even yeah. though I know I, I know what I have to do, but, like, a train's coming, and you have to climb back onto the tracks. You have to not get unlocked by the dogs. Yes. Essentially. Um, you get back uh, onto that platform, and you can now kind of move further and get to this like train, the series of subway cars yes. that go on. Like a subway shows up, and then you have to navigate your way up and downstairs, up and downstairs a thousand times <laughs> to get to the actual door that's open um, to go down this this chain of subway cars, uh, culminating with another fight with an insane cancer. Yes, the end. it's kind of like not a midway fight, but you, he's really hard to avoid right. in this one because he's in a subway car, mm-hmm. and it ends at an unknown station, which you have to get out. Uh, and when you go out, you go down, you don't go up. Because mm-hmm. the station leads into the sewer. Yeah. So they like they really should have hit the Jacob's Ladder thing. It's funny, like this is barely a story. But when I lived in uh, when I lived in Brooklyn, I I was very near the Bergen Street station, which mm-hmm. is not where like they 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 filmed Jacob's Ladder, like that section there. But it's like in an abandoned like substation beneath it that the tracks okay. don't go to anymore. So I would like go there and like look around and see if there was anything else I could like recognize to get down there because I'm such a huge fan of that movie. But nothing. You know about uh, ghost stations, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Just the, it's the, that the stations of... that uh, that uh, trains no longer go to. Yeah, I love those. And then we continue into another mostly unremarkable infrastructure uh, kind of place with the sewer level. Yeah, yeah. I, I like both these levels could have been cut. I think mm-hmm. the sewer is. I don't think is as bad. Yeah. Um, as the subway, the subway seems really egregious. Mm-hmm. Sewer is not great, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you end up uh, kind of your first thing you're going here is this equipment room where you get a mall um, like a gigantic it is a mace yeah it was a big spiked ball <laughs> and uh, and you know she doesn't care like it's just like all right i'll just carry this I'll around with yeah. me in my padded vest yes yeah <laughs> and the uh and it, it's kind of, sh- of a shitty weapon yeah it's kind of a trap because it, it's way too slow mm-hmm. it's uh it, it's this game's version of picking up pyramid head's great knife mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's a very similar thing when you when you equip it she drags it behind her as, yeah. as she goes along, and the wind-up is just way too long. Like, there are some strategies that tell you to, uh, like, knock an enemy down and then equip this and then use it to kill kill it while they're down, specifically insane cancers. But uh, but nope. <laughs> yeah, it's just more more fussiness than I want. Yeah. Um, this is also where you get the map, though. Yes. After you grab the map, uh, you're going to be looking for this tunnel. At the end, there are bodies that are collapsed in it as well, mm-hmm. and there's a, a handsome wine rack. <laughs> with one empty bottle that you will grab. Yeah. She doesn't grab any of the others and then drink to cope with what's around her. Again, <laughs> Which is really, yeah, what I've, I would do. I've quit like for wine. good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I used to be an alcoholic. <laughs> Lady Scorch don't do that anymore. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is Lady Scorch Drew Barrymore? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh but yeah you take this and kind of the 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 centerpiece puzzle before you get to the to the kind of spooky one later uh is to get some kerosene out of a heater and then use that to power this winch lift to drain this room full of shitty water beneath you. yes and continue to go down 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 (laughs) um you go to this uh, janitorial room um after this uh this kind of creepy camera that looks down on this bridge as you're at um, which is like, oh, there's stuff down there. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and there's the, like there, there there's a monster uh, that is there when you walk by at first that is gone when oh, you come yeah, back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, people think that it's the monster that comes later, but it's at the model is actually a uh, one of the slurpers. Okay, yeah. Sl- slurpers got a slurp. Yeah. The um and and essentially what you're doing here is you uh, you're grabbing this hair dryer. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> and, this thing. and there's some more medical kind of stuff around. There's a wheelchair uh, in this area, and, and that's just kind of like peppered in. Yeah. Whenever uh, she examines, she's like, hey, this shouldn't be here. But, yes. you know, her concern is to get home. Yes. To, to her dad. Um, so what did you think of the in of, of the danger room of this of the cistern? Um, I love the fact that the X-Men get to train there. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't. Um, so if you're talking about the entire thing, like the entire encounter, this thing that's coming up next. Yeah, yeah. Thing, um, I think that it would feel immensely cheap and shitty if I wasn't playing on an emulator. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's an instant death. Yes. Um, and yeah, it's, so it, like, it, it is it is signed like they like the, they they telegraph it with this you know danger sign that is pulled off the door and the fact that the that your side of the room is covered in blood um yeah that makes me think i'm gonna fight a boss fight yes that does not make me think that i'm going to have an instant death cut scene right um yeah this is this is bad yeah um so again just like saying that you can and the game is so short like it's not like you could just jettison the subway and the sewers and be fine mm-hmm. yeah i would want them replaced mm-hmm. um so the uh, essentially what this is is a bridge, and if you walk across it, uh, you get pulled into the water and instantly killed. Yes, by a tentacle monster. Yes, um, which is you know a bummer. Like there's some signaling to it, but instant death. Like I never want to be one shot. Yeah. Did yeah. Did you fall for the similar instant death uh, in uh, the, uh, toward the end of Silent Hill One? Um, I'm trying to remember the the the, the fridge that you have to seal with the ring, so you can oh, take yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah. the dagger. Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, yeah, I it's, did. Even it's, the, I, it's the exact same thing. Yeah, that, that's a that's a very similar, very similar kind of uh, kind of puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, puzzle is not even the right word for it. Um, <laughs> and the way you kill this thing is ridiculous. Yeah. Like the, the way you kill it is the way that like, uh, you know, ladies in the eighties accidentally kill themselves, right. which is by plugging in a hair dryer and tossing it into the water. Like, <laughs> I don't think that would even. I didn't like. I've never done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprise, surprise. But I, I wonder if that would actually do it with this big of a body of water well that's the uh the, i don't know if that big that big of a body of water but that's the reason why any outlet that is near that is near a source of water has a ground vault interrupt yeah. like the, the 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 second the second that the that the circuit is closed um, or is about to be overloaded the actual outlet turns off and that's even true in in industrial settings um yeah. so like that outlet would have just turned off it just—it doesn't seem like—and that would be fine to ignore those little bits of reality. In again, if it's in service of like something that's resonant to the character, you know, like maybe like she had a, uh, somebody who died this way, you mm-hmm. know, or like maybe this this was a way that like she like, I don't know, like she had a death scare about a hair dryer falling in a bathtub. It just feels mm-hmm. random and shitty yeah. in the way these two levels kind of do, where it's like, like this is a, a little bit aggressive to the player, and then also isn't adding to that resonance. Like, mm-hmm. and this is, you know, we move through these two areas pretty quick. You spend a lot of time here. Yes. Um, you know, we're we're glossing over it because it's not very good. But when I talk about how the set pieces and and design stuff doesn't add to character, mm-hmm. I'm talking about the subway and the sewer, where like there are just these little set pieces that are kind of okay on their own, but feel like they're from a different game. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, I'm not super into this. Um. You know, I was. Uh. uh like, I wasn't abusing save states. Like, I never... Because you don't need to. Yeah. But I was doing them whenever something would happen where I was like, maybe I don't want to do this again. Yeah. And since I was expecting a boss fight, I had save stated before going into this room. Yeah. And uh, so it wasn't... I didn't lose that much progress to dying to the, mm-hmm. the tentacle monster. Yeah. But I was bummed out by it when I figured out what the what it was. Okay. I'm, I'm yeah. I was, I was I was interested to hear that because like the the time when I fell for this um, <laughs> unintentionally because I like going through and seeing that death scene because it's you know scary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I, I'd like to spook him up. Um, but uh, like the time when I was just kind of like I figured this out 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I can never not know that that's how you solve that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it's not like I didn't figure it out. I just oh, no, no. First. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, how, I still don't know how I got through it. <laughs> no, uh, no, yeah, I had but... to download a Game Shark code to, like, <laughs> to get past it. I downloaded a save that happened right after the Danger Room because I couldn't get through it. Um, but it's just, I, I just don't, uh, I don't want to instantly die yep. in uh, in games. It is not, a, I, I am more and more thinking, like, it is always bad. Mm-hmm. Um, never good. Yeah. You know? Um, just curious. Um, we're pretty much out of the woods though for shitty areas. Yeah, totally. Like this, this next area is cool and it's really long, mm-hmm. but it's like, there's a great variety in it. Yeah. Um, so first though, you, you head, uh, into this, this, uh, this construction site and you get into Hilltop Center when you, you go through those, uh, that, uh, that scaffolding. Um, and there's some kind of, uh, spatial vertical puzzles, like getting to the right floor. Yes. Uh, there, um, because you're, you're climbing stairs past these areas that, uh, where the floor has collapsed. D- danger. Ceiling collapsed. Go up one floor. Danger. Floor collapsed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just save time by having one sign, it seems like. <laughs> Halfway through. Yeah. Um, and you, you've essentially head up to the, the fifth floor, uh, mm-hmm. where there's evidence of somebody having lived there. Mm-hmm. There's like a filthy mattress and some takeout food, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you can use the, the mall to break, uh, to break a section of the wall. And, uh, mm-hmm. that's where you get the silencer back there. And, uh, the creators have confirmed that the corpse that is in that room is a solid stakes model. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. I didn't know that. Yep. Um, yeah. it's, so it's you, super easy to miss, uh, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, you, you push this mattress down and you fall into, uh, the offices or no, no, oh. you, you fall down and then you jump across into the offices of a mannequin company. Yes. Just <laughs> like, oh, great. Um, <laughs> I, I hope someday to like work at a mannequin company just so I can like be the person who like poses them to be spooky at night. Oh yeah. And then gets fired for it. <laughs> <laughs> so like the boss is just like, why do you keep doing this? They just go in boxes. Like we don't, we don't keep them assembled when they're not being used. And I'm like, no, no, look at this. Let me turn off the lights real quick. <laughs> uh, get, get a nice backlight effect. I'm beginning to think that you got this job not because you like mannequins, Gary. <laughs> you're not, um, you're not you in it pa- for the love of the game. It's not for the passion of displaying fashion. Uh, no, sir. <laughs> I, I like that Smash Mouth rhyme you did there. <laughs> the passion of the fashion. And, uh <laughs> So yeah, this this thing is great though. Um, yeah, the uh, the jump scare here, which still gets me. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's super super good <laughs> Be- because you're in this room full of uh, headless mannequins, and only one of them has a head, and you have to cross over to the other side of, them, of some shelves to get some ammo. And what happens, Gary? Uh, the uh, there's a the mannequin's head comes off. Yeah, it's bleeding. You hear it. Huge scream! Yeah, there's a huge scream right as you right as you cross right as it leaves view. When you come back, uh, not only is the head uh, completely removed, but there's blood everywhere. Yes, yeah. It's, when it, it ha- I love how it happens when it turns your back because it would have been silly to have it. You know, mm-hmm. um, you could also like I love how it's just for ammo because like if you're just like nope, um, <laughs> like that's a perfectly acceptable response. Mm-hmm. Like I can't do that. I don't want those bullets that bad. <laughs> yeah, and like it's it doesn't it doesn't mean anything. It yeah. is. It is just. It is just haunted house bullshit. But for and, some reason, it works so goddamn well. Well, they're they're gonna they're gonna do a master class in haunted house bullshit <laughs> yep. later, and yeah. it's it's one of my favorite levels in like in a game. Yep. Uh, the uh, so so you head over to the dance company that's in here as well because this is just like a business park. Like mm-hmm. this is a really cool way. This is what the mall should have been. Yeah. Where it's like a, a densely uh, clustered, like just a variety of different environments yeah different different buildings or different you know, different, uh, different businesses yeah businesses and stuff yeah. so the dance company has a map mm-hmm. uh, and you can get the screwdriver here in order to uh, unstuck this drawer you know mm-hmm. pry open this drawer which like that's always a video game thing where I'm like there's a thousand things in this room you can use to do that <laughs> yep 
Like you need the specific one. That's a little bit annoying. But you get no. the uh, the rope. Yeah, which lets you go down a floor because the yes. elevators are not working. Um, yes. That's that's scary. There's also an art studio that has a katana in it, and this Wouldn't, is the melee weapon of choice. Yep. But it's, it's so silly, and you're like, oh, it's easy to use. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. Katanas. Like this this game has a weird sense of humor. Like mm -hmm. it it is the the this is like significantly, and it's been a long time since I I haven't played Silent Hill two since we covered it for the show. Mm -hmm. Is, are there as many like goofs in that game? I don't remember there being as many like goofs. No, the, like like the what passes for goofs in Silent Hill Two is like like Twin Peaks off humor. Like my, the example yeah. I always give is when you when you get a can and you have to open it up and what's inside of it is light bulbs. Yes, yeah, I remember the light bulb can. Yeah, um, but yeah, this the, this definitely is funnier. Even in uh, in like New Game Plus, like I didn't even talk about how in the Danger Room, uh, you can throw on New Game Plus, you can throw your uh, oh, your yeah. weapons in, That's and then fairy. yeah, and then and then what's what's her name from the King Arthur Legends appears and gives you golden versions of your weapons. Yeah, like the Legend of Zelda reference. Yeah, like the Link to the Past reference. Yeah, it is really like, and then and that's in you know, New Game Plus where you get laser eyes and stuff like that. Um, it is very silly. Uh, which is strange to me. Like, I don't know how much I think it works that, like, I'm terrified. It's just weird that this young girl's running around with a katana, mm -hmm. you know, slicing down monsters. Like, it, it, it definitely, like, it's intentional and strange. Mm -hmm. I'm not 100% on board with that part of it. It doesn't like, take it away. It doesn't take anything away. From, from I, yeah, it doesn't take that. away as much as it could, yeah. I think, right? Like, I don't think the game would lose anything by just, like, I'm using a pipe because a pipe would be a realistic thing for me to be swinging around. Mm -hmm. You know, and maybe I would feel more vulnerable and and scared if I wasn't so empowered, you know, with, with like, samurai weapons. Yeah. Um, you know, so it might have added a little bit. It doesn't take away, but it might have added something to tone that down a little bit. Yeah. And put all of that weird stuff in New Game Plus, where, like, you've already seen all the shit. Now you're just here to have fun. You know? Yeah. Um, so I end up using the katana for the entire game. Yeah, because it's great. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, re it's really good. Because it's a katana. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, so this gets to a really cool um, set piece after you go through an auto parts store to get a jack, uh, which is like a, a bathroom fixtures display store. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this is uh, uh, one of the first times, I think it happens once in uh, Silent Hill 1, where the world transitions around you. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, as opposed to like just walking through a hallway and having coming out the other side and things being wrong, but um, you have to turn on the faucet um, on one of these display models, but uh, nothing comes out. Instead, the, the 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 tub fills up with blood, like it's uh, like from it. Yeah, and, from the bottom. Uh, yeah, from 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 the bottom, and then you get this high frequency warble effect as this these you know blood fingers worm their way across the uh, linoleum and we see like the other world phase in. Yes. And uh and and the uh those those blood finger things are gonna be a thing yeah. throughout uh -huh. and are great. Yes. Like it is a great, great effect. Mm-hmm. Oh. But yeah, you open up the blood gates, and um, yes, yeah, the gates are open. Yep, <laughs> game one, a world of blood. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, then you know we're we're in the other world, and there's uh, there's there's some audio here of you know, what you will recognize from playing the first game. Harry saying it's being invaded by the other world, a world of someone's uh, nightmarish delusions come to life. Yes, and Heather wakes up and does the logical again. thing and kicks the tub, saying, yeah. "Not again! <laughs> this is your fault." Yep, and then saying, did, <laughs> did did she do this too? Again, yes. she knows Claudia has something to do with this. Indeed, and now we're in the other world version of the Hilltop Center. Yeah, um, 
Yeah. And uh, it's immediately super creepy mm-hmm. uh, because there's an old, old-timey wheelchair, which, like, I don't know why those are the scariest single objects <laughs> in the world, but, like, nobody, yeah. anybody, like, everybody who has ever had one of those has turned into a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, and then there's, there's this, like, kind of creepy mummy doll here. And uh, so we're, we're introduced to this doll imagery, which is going to be a thing mm-hmm. for a while as well. Um, there's also a body that's hanging that has a doll. Yeah. And when we step outside, um, again, like the uh, here here in the fixture store, like whole rooms that have no floors. And yes. we, have, we, have, we have the grating. And like instead of just going from dilapidation into the rusty, bloody hell world, like this is rusty, bloody hell world. Pretty yes. much the, the, the only time. And when you step out into the hallways, you get uh, you get these enemies with very phallic heads uh, called slurpers, whose entire purpose is to knock you down and then sniff at your crotch. Yes, <laughs> which is fucking weird. Yep. Um, yeah, I didn't get knocked down by one for a long time because they're actually like fighting them is is they're a strange enemy to fight mechanically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, they they play dead. Yeah. That's kind of their whole point is they they go still like they're dead and try to get you to turn your back on them, uh, but. Uh, you know, I don't. I kick everything a thousand times, <laughs> so it it didn't get me. So it took me a long time before I actually got sniffed by one of these things. Mm-hmm. But boy, did I get sniffed! Yeah, um, yeah, but, yeah. But but they're just meant to stymie your progress. Um, yes. They move pretty similar to the patient demons in two when they're knocked on the when they're on the floor. They move yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Um, you, you head into an office and you find this note, and uh, the note has a, a picture of you next to it, and it says, "Find the holy one, kill her." <laughs> uh, the, uh, so somebody's deciding what to do with notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're introduced to uh, to Vincent. Yes, here here in the uh, psychologist's office. Yes, and I, I got some real mixed feelings about Vincent um, as a guy. Like this is, uh, it's like it's it's that little bit it's that off horror movie offness is his bad acting, mm-hmm. um, but it's he always feels silly to me. Yes. Um, I feel like he drains a lot of gravitas from the game, other than, like, one specific line, which is, like, the best line of the game, <laughs> which is super good. But any other time he shows up, I'm a little, like, I'm not totally sold on Vincent. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, you know, I'm not uh, interested in his, or, like, not, like, not interested in, but his, like, motivations don't feel interesting enough to me. Like, Vin- Vincent doesn't feel good to me Yeah. as an as a addition to the story. And we spend a lot of time with him. Like right. he ends up being a kind of a, a plot delivery method for a lot yeah. of the game, and also strangely enough, even though he, you know, we're going to find out he he's associated with a cult, you know, very very high up, he is kind of a voice of reason, and he knows more about what's going on than you do. He's yeah, he's the he's the cult moderate. Yeah, like he just wants to do cult shit. <laughs> yep. Like, and and he was like, he's making money. You mm-hmm. know, it's like I get that. That's like an interesting story. Mm-hmm. I think just the fact that he's so mustache twirly and like. His voice is so conniving and like yeah. weird is what ruins it for me. And I, I dig that part of him yeah. too. Like like the, go- the, the the goofiness lands for me, especially because like so much of him is off. If you pay attention, you notice he, uh, neither of his eyes are looking in the same direction at the mm-hmm. same time, um, and he has just these terrible teeth, and he's really like yeah. dis- like disheveled. Um, yeah. Just everything about him is meant to kind of like put you on put you on guard. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't want him to be like, Ugh. like mm-hmm. I, I don't know what I wanted instead. Mm-hmm. I think I would have handled like a weird matter of fact blandness more than like a high pitched kind of silly boy. Yeah, yeah. Voice, you know, like I like I would have liked the general Silent Hill, like Twin Peaks offness mm-hmm. as opposed to whatever kind of offness this is. That's, it's pretty cartoony. Yeah. Like it's okay. it's cartoony. Like Eddie was cartoony as well. Yeah. You know, yeah, like I, like Eddie. I think I think Eddie worked be because like behind his goofiness was like actual psychopathy. 
Yes. Um, and here it is. It, like he, Vincent exists to look incredibly off, but also be the most mundane thing about the game. Yeah, he, he like introduces a question, and then when that answer comes, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like, all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it doesn't totally work for me. I was talking to Riff about uh, this game on Twitter, and he said that the remastered version has a worse voice actor. Yeah. And But I wonder if I would like that voice actor better. I don't know. I wonder if he just like toned it down a little bit. You can uh, you can find some uh, some uh, comparison videos. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to take a look at that and just see if that that would address it for you. It didn't ruin it or anything for mm-hmm. me. And I was interested in he was here because at this point in the game, I don't know the story. I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to know, I want information. Um, but yeah, something about his delivery, like I think that's going to be a mileage may vary kind of thing. Yeah, for um, folks. But yeah, he gets really insulted that uh, that you think that he is associated with Claudia. Like he knows your name. He says Heather. You know, that's what you're called now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Again, foreshadowing like crazy. Um, and he sees what you're seeing. Like, you know, just saying like, yeah, I, I I don't like Claudia. I don't like the way she decorated this place. Yeah. Again, yeah, that- saying that like Claudia has agency over what you're seeing. Um, and then talks about how Claudia was brainwashed by that old hag. Oh, wait, I shouldn't say that because, you know, she's your mother after all. Yeah. Yeah. Just just talk. There's so many problems. <laughs> if you'd actually just like tell each other things, there wouldn't be a problem. Um, yeah, he, he continues that, you know, so Harry didn't tell you anything um, because, uh, you know, he's teasing you at this point. Yeah. For, for some reason or another. Yeah. Um, and then uh, says, why not enjoy yourself a little bit longer? And uh, and, and Heather ends up leaving and uh, it continues that there's something wrong with you, too. Yeah. So oh. nobody that she's found, even Douglas at this point, is uh, yeah, is, 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 is solid. Douglas yeah. will turn out to be a solid bro. Yeah, but not yet. But you leave uh, through another room here. This this medicine room where you can get some oxidol, uh, some hydrogen peroxide. Um, and if you look at it, you can uh, get a, a little science tidbit about uh, the reaction between hydrogen peroxide and manganese dioxide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 oxygen, how that helps things burn. We're going to use this for a puzzle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this yeah. is where we learn that uh, she quit smoking. Yep. Um, when you pick up the matches, mm-hmm. there's another another cool room uh, that that actually extends beyond the bounds of the map, mm-hmm. um, where there are these uh, uh, kind of slurper enemies that are locked behind a cage that uh, is like should be sticking out of the side of the building, but is not. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime so, you go off the map, and this is is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But just but, but just the idea that like oh there isn't outside outside of here. It's just more of this. Yes. Yeah. It just continues forever. Yeah. Um, um, you're also, I didn't make a note of this, but you're also finding these, uh, these fragments of a fairy tale about, yes, uh, about this is, dragon. Go ahead. Is the puzzle like for this, this whole, that's the macro puzzle for this dungeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. an explicit, uh, session nine reference as well. Um, there's a, a hallway, uh, that ends in yellow glass and you look at uh, a single wheelchair, uh, with, uh, some yellow light, um, mm-hmm. shining down onto it. And Heather says like, oh, it's calling to me. Um, the reason you have to do these these fairy tale things is because you're trying to get past this monster on the first floor, the glutton. Oh my gosh! Uh, which is what you say? I said, "Oh my gosh, I love the oh, okay. glutton." It's it's really hard to read what it is. Yes, what's going on here? It's it's like some 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 flesh, some biomaterial inside like a glass tube mm-hmm. or like a, a container yeah. uh, that just kind of writhes. But um, my favorite thing about the glutton is the way that. Uh, you, like he has, like I can't remember what he has on the ground. Is it a fairy tale piece? He has something you need on the ground near him, mm-hmm. and the way the the camera is framed, like 
it's from you know from behind like where you have to get close to grab this thing mm-hmm. and you don't know what the glutton is going to do yeah it turns out nothing because the glutton may as well just be you know a door right like he's the embedded mm-hmm. um you know but you just have to complete this fairy tale to get rid of him mm-hmm. uh but just that feeling of like creeping up and trying to get you know stay as far away as you can while still grabbing this object yeah on the ground is really great the glutton is, I still think, one of the scariest, like, visual design and, like, audit- auditory design things in a game. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it, it stuck out to me in my first playthrough, and I still kind of hold my breath when I'm in the same room with it. There's something about the way that it moves, the way that it, you know, s- it, like, fights against its uh, against its restraints. The, 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 like, the rotating, almost drill-like apertures on its head and in its abdomen that are kind of just moving incredibly violently again at that jacob's ladder like shutter step kind of kind of thing mm-hmm. um yeah like just the, the 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 fact that it is not a threat to you at all doesn't make it less scary to me even now yeah no i, I don't think that makes it less scary right. or anything like that i think that maybe like i like it too mm-hmm. um i just find it hard to read yeah like what's actually going on i'm looking at gifts of it right now mm-hmm. online and it's just it is it is hard to see what is what is even happening that's what makes it, it scary to me. Yeah, which is which is cool. Like I, I can I can dig it. Yeah. Um yeah. Um, on the first the, floor uh, there's a restaurant where you can get some liver. Yes, would you would you need? Um you also if you head to the uh the other the gallery in the other world, there is another there's a picture where there once was no picture. Mm-hmm. And underneath it says uh, flame purifies all. By these remains may a person find the road to paradise. Uh, with a white woman in a, or a woman in a white dress being burned in front of kneeling onlookers. Yes. Uh, so essentially what you do is you use that liver, that pig liver, um, the oxidol and matches in order to burn the painting. You combine these three things to mm-hmm. create a fire yep. and reveal a door. Again, mimicking a biology experiment. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that, that, that picture that we see is very significant too. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we will learn that very shortly. Um, the stairway that you end up having to go through again because the the elevators are wacky. Uh, you're going up and down as you look at these kind of pictures of Lisa's mouth. Lisa from the first game, uh, the nurse that Harry meets, um, that are kind of arranged um, in a cross as this organic matter kind of like writhes along the beams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, just a scary haunted house room, but very affecting because, again, we're seeing elements of previous games. So, so after you get kind of through this, you end up in this room with a bunch of coins, <laughs> just silver coins on a desk, and uh, you need to get a can out of a, a vending machine here. And every step of the way, the character is saying, like, I don't want anything to drink. I don't know why you're doing this. <laughs> it's real weird. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to do this. And usually she just, like, won't do it. Mm-hmm. But here she will because she knew on some level that the key, the can would have a key in it, <laughs> uh, which is you know again it's kind of like the light bulb in the can moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but what you're actually trying to get to um, is this blood stained room on the first floor where you find the last page of the fairy tale, um, yes. which has the Latin phrase "Tu fui ego eris," mm-hmm. uh, which is "As you are, I was; as I am, so you shall be." It's a common epitaph. Right, just kind of like almost like a memento mori, and when she speaks it out loud, she hears a yell. And then the front yes. door is unlocked. This killed the clutton. Yeah, she she was the priestess who you know was not afraid of the dragon in the fairy tale. Um, you end up outside for a brief period of time uh, getting to your apartment building. 
Um, this just kind of feels like a little connective tissue yeah. here. Um, and when you get into your apartment building, um, and, and you're really just like, I'm home. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I don't need to go here. Like, every, like everything is just automatically fine. Um, you step in your house, you see your dad, his back is to you. You're not entirely sure what's up. Uh, when you walk around the corner to actually see him, you see him, he's dead in this chair uh, with wounds on his chest. Yes. And, uh, and you are very sad about this. Yeah. Heather collapses and starts sobbing and some time passes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Because um, she she sees, you know, she like comes up from her sob reverie and, and sees that there are some bloody footprints leading out to the fire escape. Those are very cartoonish footprints. Yes. Like those are very funny to me. Like, those, those were painted there. So when you when you eventually you get out, you follow those up to the roof where you find Claudia there. And uh, Claudia is like, hey, yeah, um, I was responsible for this to get revenge for 17 years ago. And uh, and in order to fill you with rage, yes, like I'm doing this to make you mad, yeah. telling uh, you you will birth a god and build yes. this eternal paradise for me. Yeah, and then uh, because Heather is uh, maybe blind with rage or maybe just not that smart, because Claudia she's like, you could kill me, but I didn't do it. He did, and like points over <laughs> to it's on the roof, which is just just like. Well, where'd you come from, buddy? Right. Um, I just gave the order. Like, well, that's still pretty bad. I, yeah. I, he, does, he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. He's... Like, like, you don't blame the attack dog. <laughs> you know, like, it's just, you, you train these things. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would, you know, I still want to kill you, Claudia. But no, instead you fight against this thing. Yes, this is the missionary. And uh, yes. this is a frustrating boss fight because even after all these years, I cannot figure out what, what the difference between a shot that it blocks with its blade arms and a shot that uh, that lands. I think it's like a pers- it's it has to do with two things. I think it's the uh, the angle, like I think they're like a straight ahead shot is always going to be blocked, mm-hmm. um, and then otherwise it just depends on what animation he's in. Yeah. So if he's in an animation where he can't get his arms up, mm-hmm. he won't block. But you kind of have to watch that. Like I, I found this frustrating too. Like in general, yeah. I don't think the fights in this game are particularly super fun. The boss right. fights, yeah, um, they're fine. Yeah, yeah, like they, they don't they don't bug me. But again, I played on easy mode, so maybe they would bug me, or they would be more fun if I if I played further up. Yeah, it's um yeah like one thing that works against this is the fact that like the Silent Hill camera is not meant to focus on one thing, yeah. um, or keep an enemy. Like there's no real kind of like Z targeting that like focuses on it, which yeah. is not a problem with the split worm or with the final boss here. Um, just because like it's pretty much those are pretty much always in view. Those are uh, Yeah, for he, here like it is a vaguely human-sized thing that is walking around on this large rooftop. And so, like, you can't see its animation to know when there is, uh, you know, it's, it's safe to take a shot yeah. without without uh, without uh, wasting the ammo. It's going to be a thing with the next uh, next boss as well, yeah. I believe. Um, but yeah, after you, uh, after you kill him, uh, you head back to the apartment and, uh, and Douglas is there. Yes. Um, he shows up and he's like, I don't know what to say. It's like, let's tell her what you know. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, like and, I don't know what to say to console you about your dad dying. I can yeah, tell you who these people I are. Can talk about them. <laughs> yeah. That is and, related to this. Yeah. This is probably something you're interested in. Maybe let's take a moment. Like, you know, let's compare I'll, notes. I'm, I'm going to make up a fresh batch of Jello Jiglas and then we can, we can talk about this cult stuff. Yep. Yeah. You want it? You want to put in pop? <laughs> Get, get you a pudding pop, you feel better, and then we'll yeah. talk about faults. Fogical. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Douglas is there, and uh, Heather tries to put on a tough face with him just because, like, hey, this is the asshole from before who probably mm-hmm. caused all this, but she she loses it. 
um, yeah. and, and blames him for starting this, starting this all. Yep. But Douglas, being the solid brew that he is, sticks around and helps give Harry a burial in his bed. Yes, which is not a burial, but it <laughs> is. He is the to lay down. Yeah, which is nice. And uh, and uh, uh, we did, we didn't mention this, but Claudia says, "Come to Silent Hill." Yes, at the end of this thing. So that's where we're going next. So after how Heather kind of apologizes to her dad and does her mourning, um, she uh, she heads over. She's resolves to go to Silent Hill. Yes, um, and you know, when I find her, I'll kill her myself. Right. You know, again, kind of playing right into her hands because she yes. said, "I'm doing this to fill you with a rage." Yes, you need to be an angry girl. Yes, and Douglas um, agrees to help. I'll give you a ride. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> here we go. I'll drive you across the state. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, you know, saying like nobody's going to cry over my grave. Like, oh, yeah. you're you're a troubled man, aren't you, Douglas? Yeah, we 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 get you. We get it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, like I like Douglas voice voice actor makes him work better for me than Vincent, mm-hmm. but also like. I don't know. Some of that Douglas stuff also doesn't work for me. Like yeah. just like th- this stuff where it's like, no one's going to cry over my grave. <laughs> and like, when you look at his, Doug- his backstory compared to like Eddie or something in Silent Hill 2, which again, I know Silent Hill 2 comparisons aren't really fair, mm-hmm. but his, like his backstory is just not complicated enough. Yeah. He just, he just, he lost his son. <laughs> that, that's, that's the issue with these NPCs in this game mm-hmm. is like, they're not complicated enough. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I ordinarily, I wouldn't want that, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't need that if, if it's supposed to be about the main character, but like, because of this kind of cult thing, it's only kind of about, I mean, it is about the main character and they do a good mm-hmm. job of that. Yeah. Right. Like it's about this, this cult and summoning this thing and it's about Heather and they do a good job, you know, not a perfect job, but a good job of that. But the whole game isn't about just Heather. Right. Like they have too much like kind of plot pieces to move around and it doesn't add, leave space for like any of these other people mm-hmm. to get me to give a shit. Yeah. About them, you know, so like Douglas, like is charming because of his voice actor and because he's a solid, he's like an ally and you need an ally in this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, It feels good to have one, but he's never that like compelling. Yeah. Like, you know, he never really has my sympathy. Right. Um, Like losing your son sucks. I'm sure, Mm -hmm. you know, but it doesn't, uh, you know, in in the, with the stakes we're dealing with, (laughs) it's, it's too little too late. Yes. You know, you know, like. I, I, I want to make it clear, like, I wouldn't argue for complication for complication's sake. Like, complicated backstories, though, can still lead to, like, simple motives that work to move the story forward. Yes, in a, I don't in, want in a, a good complicated way. plot. Right. I want I want these characters' motivations to be more nuanced. Yes. Like, it, it's like these things they do, but the act is, it will remain the same mm-hmm. because they need to do that to move this plot forward at the yeah. brisk pace that it moves forward. Mm-hmm. But I want to you know, have some, like you, you find this guy's diary later mm-hmm. and like, that would have been a real good opportunity to make the, him slightly more complicated. <laughs> right. And they don't do it. Mm-hmm. Like it is just uh and, and this is like, it says something if it's me asking for like more logs, you know, like more codexes, <laughs> like that's not usually yeah. not what I'm into. Yeah. But well, here it's like I would have appreciated. I think it's 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 a bit of a waste, especially with the, uh, the 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 history of this series. But also, like it it sucks to have something that is out of focus but still on the screen. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I yeah, don't just... I don't need to know what he had for breakfast this morning. But like you know, give him something like maybe like have him own the responsibility of like getting her into this mess or something like that. Oh, totally. As, oppo- as opposed to like vague melancholy over his own situation. Just talk more, yeah. you know, what it would have done it. And then the, um, because especially when given that the, uh, the alternate ending, mm-hmm. um, like the, the one kind of choice that you have in this game is kind of resulted on you caring about this relationship. Yeah. And the game does some of, I'm not, I'm not saying it's like an abject failure in that. Like it does a little bit of, we're going to get into a scene where they do a little bit of lifting, mm-hmm. uh, to make that work, but they just don't do enough. I would say, 
So it just kind of makes the, the the whole game as a whole be a little bit not confused, but a little bit like unfocused. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you find a stun gun. You have a stun gun in your your underwear drawer, or what have you, your top drawer, your your thing. I'm saying underwear drawer not to be you know salacious because it's a young girl, but because it's the top drawer. Yep. Of her over her uh, dresser. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and yep. you you can uh, check out this. Uh, you know, there's all these kind of theming of Harry always trying to keep her safe. Yes. Um, you know, giving her the stun gun. Um, she says it out loud. Yeah. Um, and and this uh, you kind of have a turn at this, just a little bit. Yeah. Um, especially like when you go back and examine the bloody chair, like this is this is a, uh, a hor- not not horrifying but very affecting kind of thing. Which is like Harry says, like you know, you, you, Dad, you always you said you'd always keep me safe, but then you know, like well, you're a liar. Yeah, you fucked up. Way to, <laughs> way to die, shit, Dad. <laughs> yeah, which is like a very like outsized teenage reaction. But like, I, I kind of choked up when I said that. Like, oh, you said you'd always keep me safe. Like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and now now there's nothing. Yeah. Um, you, you head outside eventually, and uh, and Douglas uh, says like he met Vincent, mm-hmm. um, who said he was looking for a guy named Leonard. So that's your other clue. You know, Silent Hill. You know Leonard. Yeah. Um, and he hands Heather uh, this notebook that Harry was holding. Yeah. Um. Which, like, did you just not find it when he was dead? Or is the implication, like, Douglas had it from before? Maybe Douglas had it from before? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just kind of weird. Yeah. Maybe maybe he didn't, you know, maybe you didn't see it or notice it or something. I don't I don't know. Um, it could just be a plot hole. Yeah. And then, then there's uh, this kind of a huge exposition dump. Yes. Here, right. um, to, a, to a really cool music piece, which I'll layer under this stuff. This is where we get caught up on the events of Silent Hill 1. And, mm-hmm. you know, right now, Heather has the motivation, you know, uh, going back and taking vengeance for her father, who she loved very much. We, we obviously see there. But now she's getting the history and the context for what's going on. So, yeah, let's uh, let's recap Silent Hill 1. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about Silent Hill 1 <laughs> real quick. So this is the diary that Harry was writing as he was going along um, in Silent Hill 1. <laughs> um, you know, like as he is going by and uh, taking those notes, but uh, but yeah, seventeen years ago, um, Harry went into Silent and went to the into the belly of Silent Hill looking for his missing daughter, um, Cheryl, um, and it turned out this daughter was intricately tied up with this cult in the town led by Dahlia Gillespie um, and her own daughter Alessa Gillespie. And this, you know, occult ritual to birth a god. So, so after he he go and he goes into this town, and he actually defeats the cult, and he takes this baby, this infant, um, and he thinks like, oh, this could have some kind of bits of Alessa in it. Yeah. You know, this could be evil. He considers killing it, which is dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, drawing this baby, but he instead decides to raise the baby as his own. Alessa being again the daughter of of uh, of, of Dahlia, Dahlia, who who was impregnated and then you know basically killed in a fire 
um, like kept barely alive in order to nurse the and make this god more evil. And Alessa being, you know, with her witch powers or what have you, altering, taking this already spiritually corrupt place and then bending it around to uh, to punish um, any you know anybody with you know who was associated with the cult. Yes. So like this thing that is the reincarnation of this incredibly troubled, understandably troubled, you know, now force for evil um, is, you know, he decides to raise it as his own. And, and if, it's, you know, and it's you. Yes. And, uh, but however, he, you know, he doesn't regret this decision. Like it, he talks about how uh, he, he never had a chance to tell her how happy uh, she made him. Yes. And, and you can kind of like with this and the scenes before it paints like they're like you get a kind of a good idea of their relationship without a lot of information mm-hmm. um, between Heather, uh, you know, hanging out at the mall to get away from her dad, all of the like overprotection things, you know, like it's telling that he she doesn't take the stun gun with her, you know, mm-hmm. like he's trying to push it on her. And it's because he's lived in fear the entire time, like the entire time he's raised her, like, you know, something's going to happen. Yeah. This is why he dies. Her hair. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is why he's changed her name. Yeah, like he's, and you can see how that could make somebody seem kind of like a shitty father, you know, like it's, or just like kind of a, a pain in the ass, you know, maybe not shitty, but just kind of like, ugh, <laughs> you know, geez, Harry, like get over it. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll never get over it because uh, let me tell you about a certain <laughs> night I had and it was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. Um, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. And how can I tell you that I don't know if you might be a monster? Yeah. And, and how can I tell you about when that head fell out of the locker, <laughs> you know, in, in, in the, the school made of rust blood? Like, yeah. it is a, a, so you can, it kind of paints this relationship I really like. And that's, he never told her that he cared for her. Uh, you know, he probably did have a lot of chances, but he was, you know, too worried, too busy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get, that is the kind of like the explicit tie. So this is that girl all grown up. Yes. From Silent Hill 1. Heather, a.k.a. Cheryl, a.k.a. Alessa. Yes. Yeah, the three in one. Yeah. Um, who is three, dog? The, uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's, expli- it's explicitly a trinity. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. We were put on this earth to suffer and Um, you get to Silent Hill finally. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in a in a hotel here, and it's like somebody rented you that hotel room. <laughs> yeah. um, it's so weird that they like. There's just nothing like to that. And just like, um, and Douglas says like, "Hey, I'm gonna check out Leonard's house. Um, you should go check the hospital." Yes, because uh, he might he might be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, now you're in Silent Hill. Yeah, now you're in Silent Hill. You're walking. You're walking through the uh, through the streets, and there's not really much you can do. Like you can go through the Heaven's Night uh, uh, strip club. Mm-hmm. Where uh, what's her name? Uh, Mary, Maria, yeah, Maria uh, worked uh, from before, but there really isn't much of anything. You get a bit of, like a history lesson of the of the town in a uh, in a pamphlet, like a tourist brochure. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, like the, this is really just like this might as well might as well just be a part of the Brookhaven Hospital dungeon. Yeah. Which was smart because yeah. the last game had a lot of walking around in Silent Hill, and the first game had entirely too much walking around in Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. So here it's just like it's really effective. Like it's really scary because you're only doing it. It's like the only time they do this fog trick, mm-hmm. as opposed to it being the majority of the game, <laughs> right? You know, and the fog trick is a good trick. Mm-hmm. Like it just, you know, it just again just had to be subtle. So eventually, you walk through the fog eventually to get to uh, Brookhaven Hospital. Yes, and here the uh, the Goombas of Silent Hill show up. The nurses, <laughs> the nurses, and yeah. uh, it's it should, I'd be remiss if I didn't say it. This is a retread of an area from Silent Hill Two. Like they yes. they they take those assets and put them into a new game, but the way the other world in this articulates 
makes it hard for me to hold that against them. Yeah, I, I like the hospital a lot in this game. Yeah. Like, I, I do not uh, define it a problem. Um, you're kind of introduced to the, the macro plot of this, or the kind of continuing theme, is you find this letter from Stanley Coleman, <laughs> who is a nice guy, uh, <laughs> who, is, who has been uh, friend-zoned it, apparently, and is a creepy stalker. Yeah. And uh, and and uh, there's a there's a doll that he he gives Heather, uh, or he's going to commemorate the first time they meet. Yes. And you find every time you find one of these these uh, these notes, there's a little doll next to it, mm-hmm. and it becomes this, this just kind of visual cue. Yeah. Uh, they really like, and she won't even touch it. I love that. Like everything <laughs> that she's done, she's just like, ugh. I can't remember. <laughs> she says something really intense. Like she's like, I'd rather die or something like that. Yeah. Like I'd, I'd rather die than touch that with a ten foot pole or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Like just something really intense and just like yeah, get away from me, <laughs> yeah. Kubo. Yeah, but Stanley got a got a mega crush on Heather. And something that's uh, upsetting about this is if you leave a room or if you leave an area where, where one of these notes is set with a, with a doll, when you come back, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. So somebody is following you, or something is following you, and uh, picking these up. But it also the notes kind of feel like a conversation, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's happening, which is kind of cool. Like they advance the plot that's happening, but it kind of it it seems like he's talking to you, even though it is stuff that could have happened in the past mm-hmm. too it kind of advances almost like a dialogue where like one person is talking and the other person isn't talking back yeah and he gets more distraught and more like oh you must have been too busy to see this or something yeah like that. Yeah. yeah it's really cool yeah you you find a collage that he made for you um mm-hmm. with a, a bunch of stuff glued to a wall um and a key that you need is there um, and uh, the note here, uh, it, it says like, oh, Heather, you're probably just too embarrassed to take my gift. That's okay. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um, the uh, way you're going to get this key is you head to the uh, the women's locker room and get some nail polish remover. And you can also find some perfume here, which is another monster luring yeah. item. Mm-hmm. And, if, uh, if you go to the basement, there's a really creepy set piece with, uh, with oh, the, yeah, chip, this is great. the chipped over wheelchair uh, with the wheel still spinning. And it's not just like a forever wheel. Like if it just kept on going, it would just be like, oh, that's uh, just a weird animation. No, it stops eventually. Yeah. Um, and the camera is like right down, right down on it. And when you're around a corner, you see somebody has emptied several submachine gun clips into an elevator and the whole scene is covered with blood. Mm-hmm. And you can, is this where you pick up the submachine gun? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You can get that, which I just like ended up using one, like for one boss and totally ran out of ammo. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> never got ammo again. Like it eats through ammo unreasonably quick. Yeah. And there's so uh-huh. little ammo for it. Yeah. Um, so you head up on, up to the second floor. Um, we find another letter with the same doll. And uh, he says, uh, I'm trying to, uh, uh, I'm trying to get closer to him, the path to paradise. Yes. Um, so he's involved in this, this cult ritual. Yeah. Uh, he, call, uh, he calls so, himself the, the 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 path to paradise. Yes, um, and says uh, you need to use the uh, the password uh, for these prison gates in order to get out. Uh, that quack has it posted. Yes, there. And this is where they introduce like a real junior jumble style, like <laughs> you know, like the second letter is twice as big as the third letter, but it's one less than the fourth. Yeah. However, um, which is like th- those puzzles are fun, but it also feels very like you know. All right, <laughs> and so and so that's what it is in in normal yes. riddle mode. In hard riddle mode, have you read about this puzzle? Uh, no. Well, it is like a pages long poem that describes somebody like sadistically mutilating somebody's face. Oh, okay, good. Um, okay, and uh, and you have to kind of ascertain that the parts of the face that they're talking about coincide to the numbers on a number pad. Uh, for, for for the key there, so that gets you the order, um, and it gives a lot of people a lot of trouble 
uh, this one is. And it's made even creepier because that poem is in the note from Stanley to Heather. Oh, okay. Yeah. I kind of like the, the idea of the face correlating to a number pad. Yeah. Um, that, that's kind of cool. The, the, the puzzle as is in, in media mode, like I did a, another escape room oh, yeah. in town um, and it was good, but too many of the puzzles were that. Okay. Like it was like the stuff that like, I feel like you could have just copy and pasted. Like there are too many ciphers and too many things that were just like, this could just be a puzzle from a puzzle book. Yeah. Like done in real life. And like, those things are fine. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, they're not my they're not my favorite. Yeah, kind of thing. And they, they they feel a little too chore like, like anything that's like a Sudoku. It's like me. Yeah. So uh, you you head into uh, examining room three, and uh, there's there's this corpse with t- this tattoo that says the start time is my key, um, which is like okay. And you you find out he was kept in room M four. If you head to room M four, um, there's an alarm clock ringing, and mm-hmm. uh, the time on that is twelve fifty six, which is going to be a code for a briefcase that's in that room that has an instant camera in it. Yes, and you need this camera in order to uh, get behind this this uh, this uh, bookshelf that you couldn't get behind before. Uh, because well, to, to see behind the bookshelf. Yes, <laughs> I, I found this to be. I thought this was an annoying puzzle. Yes, that, me the too. Thing with the camera, like because it's just it's not very intuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't do. I think the way to do it would have been to like show just this. Like when you clicked on it, you should have been like, oh, there's a number written back there, but I can't read it. Yes, I don't think it says anything quite that explicit. I think it just says like I can't or like. I can't move this or like there's something behind here mm-hmm. which like you, you push a lot of bookshelves in these games like you know that makes <laughs> me think you're supposed to do that not try to use the camera right um, it's a cool idea mm-hmm. like use the camera to like see around a corner mm-hmm. um, but you know also that it also feels like a, a missed opportunity to have something super crazy like if you, <laughs> if you put the camera there and then there's like just an endless hallway when you develop the film or whatever that would have been like pretty creepy and great mm-hmm. so. yeah uh, but that gets you the uh um, the, the, the code for the patient wing on the third floor. Um, up on the third floor, you find another upsetting note about ebony hair and intoxication. Again, Alessa had black hair, so he's talking about Alessa, not mm-hmm. Heather specifically as, uh, as, as she exists, uh, right now and is getting more, more forceful. Um, in the kind of like seg unit with the padded cells and whatever, there's a, um, the, there, uh, there's a note about nurses being confined for patient brutality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, would you work here if you got like solitary <laughs> confinement confinement for work? Things? No, like, no. That's that's a uh, Silent Hill before even Silent Hill became full of fog monsters. Like, pretty, pretty upsetting rough. place. Yeah, yeah. No good. Um, yeah. So now you have the information you need to get down this long hallway that is full of again more patient rooms. Uh, in room one S, there is a gossip magazine. Um, that that kind of like with this expose about a Silent Hill institution called the Hope House, uh, which is uh, a place where the the author, Joseph uh, Schreiber, who is a character in uh, Silent Hill 4, um, uh, talks about where the cult um, brainwashes kids in this concrete tower that is on the compound, which, again, you go there in 4. Like, this is an explicit connection. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because since they were made at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go into room S7, uh, you find that the doll is broken apart. Is it in frustration? Yes, yeah. Uh, Stuart has fallen fallen afoul of Leonard, who he says is no ordinary guy. And uh, he won't be able to, uh, Stuart won't be able to take him into his world, into that paradise. Heather, my goddess. Heather, my lover. Heather, my. Yeah. Uh, Again, gross. Trailing off. And yes. when you get into the final room in this, you hear a, you hear a ringing phone. Um, and it's Le- Leonard who thinks it's Claudia who is, uh, who is picked up. And he talks about saying like, oh, you, you know, 
you, Claudia, you have completely misunderstood this. You're misguided. Um, and when you tell him that, uh, you know, I'm Heather and I'm going to, I'm going to kill you, he's like, oh, I know, but I'm locked up here and I can help you, um, uh, because you can't do what you need to do without the seal that I have. Yes, I can get you the seal. And, uh, so this door, the door that wasn't there is now open, or now appears. (laughs) Well, well, it's specifically a door that wasn't there in a hallway that wasn't that long before. Yeah, which is super cool, Mm because we're not in the other world yet. Nope. Um, so so you head to that door. And uh, you go through this kind of rusty hallway with these gates. Um, this sequence is real weird, yeah. uh, where you're kind of running around and these gates kind of either close or open. Um, and they do this again, like something very similar to this later, um, where these gates kind of close behind you. And yeah. you're routed through this maze. It's not very much of a maze. No. Um, it is just, uh, you just move forward, but it's kind of like a chase sequence, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's a chase sequence with nothing chasing you, and it is like guiding you down the path that the world wants you to go in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You end up trapped um, in this small room, um, uh, and uh, looking at uh, looking at the sign in this room to kind of save before the other world plays the uh, the video from the hospital in Silent Hill, Silent Hill One, with Lisa being incredulous, like she's being deposed, talking about like I have no idea how this kid is still alive. And then you end up going on the best ladder in video games. <laughs> I love this ladder so much. Um, it's, so, it's, it's the greatest. It's a great ladder. Yeah. <laughs> so as you as you climb up, you get kind of these uh, like a, it's like a flip book of Lisa's, just specifically Lisa's mouth smiling. And this is our first uh, kind of introduction, really uh, directly to uh, Valtiel, who is uh, yeah, like Valtiel, who is I think has shown up before. This is a very easy thing to miss. Uh huh. Um, I didn't. Uh, I ended up learning about this entirely through research afterwards. Yes. Because every time he showed up, I was just like, oh, it's another Silent Hill monster. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, this is just a, like I didn't pay enough close enough attention to the model to know that this is a different thing. Mm-hmm. Like this wasn't just uh, one of the, I don't know, like scramblers or what have you. Yeah. So um, I think that there are other areas where if you die, um, instead of just getting a regular game over, you see this creature, this Valtiel, who is the pyramid head figure in this game, um, uh, kind of picking Heather up by the legs and then dragging her back toward the nearest, uh, the, the, the nearest sign. The nearest yeah. save point. Well, again, we, we learn later that sign is about reincarnation, which is, you know, now a major factor in this game's story. Um, and Valtiel, his name is derived from like a valet, you know, like the, mm-hmm. the attendant, um, and then EL as this uh, common suffix for a god. He is, um, you know, always seen operating these valves and stuff whenever there is a transition uh, to the dark world. And it's as though he is, like, routing the energies necessary uh, to do this to bring Heather in closer, but also, like, protect her. He's always separated from you by, like, some kind of wall or, you know, he has a set piece and some kind of design. But uh, he's kind of always there around the corner if you're if you're going to look for him. Yeah, you, you never... Uh... You never actually directly interact with him. Um, and when we say he's the pyramid head figure, like, that's true, but he's way, way more in the margins. Like I said, it is it is possible to go through the entirety of this game without really figuring him out mm-hmm. or what his, his whole thing is, which is what I did. Um, yeah. But then read about him on the wiki. Um, after you get uh, past him on this ladder and get to the top of the ladder, um, we're end up in the other world. Yes, and uh, this is the the most harrowing other world. I think that you end up in. <laughs> yeah, because um, uh, because the hospital is now um, a womb level. Like the walls are made of pulsating flesh. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, you and nothing is safe here. Like this is where this is ramping up the terror, and it's just going to continue to do so, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. Like this level, and then through the amusement park is is really the highlight of the game. Yeah, uh, for me, um, you head to the save room, and um, there's this like hand clinging to this window grating <laughs> outside, and you look at it, and you're like, it's a hand, which I which I really like. Uh, or you say something like that, where it's just like, oh, it's a hand. <laughs> what? No, it's no just, I know. It's just a hand. Okay. Oh, it's just a standard all-purpose hand. Like, I, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know, uh, for, for 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 grasping and gripping and pointing and stuff. Yeah, and, and all of your messages here are still have that kind of, like, non-plusness. But now that we know that uh, Alyssa is in play, mm-hmm. like, it, some of this kind of muted reaction makes sense. Yeah. You know, like, th- that is, it's, it's to a purpose. It's not just mm-hmm. uh, Twin Peaksy weirdness. Yeah. It's, you know, you have a little bit of this, like, dark god trinity, you know, powerful girl in you. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, so so this stuff is not going to bother you as much. A memory of what you once were, knowing kind of that you're responsible for creating, creating well, this. Resp- responsible, and then just also just kind of like used to it. Like mm-hmm. it's not it's not about guilt. Like she's not guilty about it. Oh yeah, she's just kind like, of like, like oh, this is how things are. Yeah, this is the, the, this is a fact of my existence. Yeah, yeah, like like the but but between the previous stage and this one, you know, like like when she gets to Silent Hill, she is effectively a different character. Yeah, like she's more driven, more motivated. Like with this knowledge, like it's a huge step. Uh, you know, just a just a big change. Uh, there's a funny message in one of these, like one of the day rooms, where you look at a pole. It says, "It's just a pole. It doesn't mean anything." Yeah, this is very funny. <laughs> Again, because everything in Silent Hill is a symbol. Is it, well, it's not just a symbol. It's always a dick or a vagina. <laughs> yeah. There's just two symbols. Like when you say Silent Hill is a game rich with symbolism, it's kind of overselling it. Whereas literally just dicks and vaginas. Uh, like like there, there, there's more stuff about like pl- like player history and stuff. Like Silent Hill One doesn't have a lot of like dicks and vaginas in it. Like no. it's you know more stuff about like the, the medical stuff. Yeah, but no, yeah. yeah, definitely like everything. Like you are you are right in like Vagina Town is is, yes. is, is, is what is what three is mostly is, from this point it's a forward. Good town, <laughs> <Yep. laughs> <laughs> Gary. Let's talk about the like this is yeah. even like varsity level. This is like all all star like pro tier Olympic. <laughs> Hall of Fame spooks when you get this, to this is, the mirror. This is the room. best. Yeah. This, this thing is so good, and it's I love how optional it is. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just nothing to this. Like there's, you don't need to be here. <laughs> uh, this is so good. So like you head into this, uh, uh, and this is this for me is that this is the scariest moment in the game for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple things in the haunted house that are near this, but this is uh, this is really wonderful. Yeah. Um, where you uh, uh, you go into this room, there's a full length mirror. And you see yourself. And earlier, there's a couple of references to her not liking mirrors. Yeah. Um, I think it's when you look in the mirror, even in the very beginning of the game, she says something like, when I look in the mirror, it feels like somebody else is staring back out. Right. Foreshadowing. <laughs> um, but her, her mirror in her room is covered. Um, there's no mirror in her bathroom, in her house. Like, she doesn't like mirrors. Mm-hmm. She has this mirror, so this is the first mirror you're encountering. Right. Um, and you try to leave, and you can't. Yeah. And uh, and you turn back, and you start seeing things happen to your reflection. Uh, <laughs> these little, like, um, these little blood fingers we were talking about, these, like, tendrils kind of creep over it and you get kind of dark and meteor and then these tendrils start creeping off of this wheelchair yep. as well that's on the side and then out uh, of the uh the, the bathtub that is also in this room oh like, yeah maybe it's, maybe it's just a bathtub maybe it's yeah. not a wheelchair yeah and and, uh, and that's that's the vector by which by which the uh the, the blood fingers come through into the real world and yeah it like exponentially starts covering more and more as your real version starts resembling the mirror version. Like, yes. Alessa on the other side is completely covered, you know, with with this blood. Oh, I wonder if the bathtub stuff is supposed to resemble Tubbert. Oh, huh. huh. 
maybe I don't know. Sorry, I, I, yeah. I, I feel like I'm participating on the wiki. Um, yes, yeah, probably everything is just a, is a birther vagina. So yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, you're half right at the very least. <laughs> but um, but eventually the, the the reflection stops going and you start losing health. Yeah, which is super scary. Yeah, and the scary like, part: seeing... the door is locked behind you. You can't get out. Yeah, you can <laughs> you can die in here. Mm-hmm. Like it is. Uh, first of all, like going and seeing a mirror and having the reflection have be weird and stuff that's scary mm-hmm. uh and then the reflection stops moving that's mm-hmm. super scary like the reflection starts doing things different you know than you yeah. like those are all just like those are tropes that i'm always going to be on on hand for mm-hmm. um once the once the version of you stops moving in the mirror you can leave and i, I don't i feel like we're doing a poor job of selling exactly how scary this is i'll put the sound under it don't worry yeah, yeah okay <laughs> yeah, because it, it is it is very scary yeah like it's um, a like it, it is a strangling sense of dread Yes. Um, and there's a there, 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 there's a sound when like when the reflection stops moving that goes along. But like this is like a direct image meant to, to convey cor- like corruption, you know, yes. that is happening here. Like especially because we know that there is this dark half to Heather, right? Yeah. Like and and, and, and you know the like the the Heather that we see through the through the through the window there through the mirror, like that is what Alessa looks like when you find her later on. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's super good. Yeah, um, it's great. Um, the elevator now there are more sub basements because <laughs> Silent Hill is sub basement rich, and you, you can head to these basements. Um, you go uh, before though. If you go to the second floor locker room, um, there's a payphone that rings in the locker, and uh, you answer it because uh, you're into being spooked. And uh, there's this person on the other line talking about your birthday. birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday dear oh, i forgot your name all of this math are you 34 are you 21 are you 20 are, are you 24 like like what actually are you he does a real dad joke too <laughs> Like, Which, this, like so, like, like this, 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 this whole section is controversial just because it is so goofy. But I, I dig it. <laughs> I, I like this, and I like the haunted house dad jokes. Mm-hmm. I think the haunted house dad jokes work really well. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> but he says happy birthday to, and then he, he doesn't know what her name is because who knows what her name is? Yes, um, but she answers, "Who are you?" And says, "Happy birthday, dear. Who are you?" Yes, I'm dad. <laughs> yeah. They, um, Okay. Yeah, but this isn't Stanley. Like you know, it says like, oh yeah, Stan- Stanley died, and Leonard is the one who murdered him. Yeah, his new name is number seven. Yes, Stanley's new name is cool. number seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and ask you know like which do you prefer to give pain or receive it? Um, you can have the one that you hate the most. Yes, as as his gift to her. Yes. Um, so you kind of continue through, um, you know, moving through uh, these different rooms, finding mm-hmm. these notes um, as you kind of kind of scoot through. Uh, you find this children's book um, that has this little quote where it says the world is teeming with unnecessary people. Yeah, that's dark. Um, <laughs> and essentially, um, you're, you're heading towards this crematorium where there's the, the next kind of major puzzle yes. in the uh, in the room where there are these uh, Roman numerals that are spatially placed where you have to look at the numbers, but then also where they are. Uh, in relation to each other, mm-hmm. um, vertically and horizontally, yeah. to match to certain uh, covered bodies that have numbers written on them to find a code. Yes, to enter into the the, the lock that is keeping the actual like uh, cremation chamber closed. Yes. Um, if you pass by body number seven, it whispers at you. Whispers yes. Heather. Um, yes. I was playing this with surround sound headphones, and it spooked me right the fuck out. Yeah. Even though I knew yeah. it was going to happen. <laughs> um, is this is this puzzle egregious on hard mode? 
Uh, you know what? I don't know. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so eventually you find it, head up to the, uh, after you get this code, you head up to the, uh, the first floor, um, altar room here. And we, we've been here before. Yeah. There, here there's a body being bled. Mm-hmm. Um, it is hanging upside down and bleeding into a bucket. Yeah. It's a pretty creepy, uh, pretty creepy set piece. Um, and you had to get the, sorry to cut you off. No, no, uh, no I was just going to say, you put some blood in a, uh, in a plastic bag, which, uh, which lets you, uh, kind of go in and, uh, use this altar, right, to complete one of the cult's rituals in room 312, which is where Leonard was, uh, which is where he was put. He was, at, he was actually committed here after he killed somebody over a religious dispute. Yes. Um, and so you head down now after you go through the, the altars thing into this watery basement um, with the, these kind of uh, girders on one side and this metal grinder on the, on the other side of the floor that looks like sewer equipment or something. Yeah. And, uh, and Leonard is here and, and you know, he's, he's happy that you let him out. Um, you know, he, he says uh, Claudio is a fool for, for wanting non-believers in paradise. Mm-hmm. Um, he thinks you are part of the, the cult. Yes. Until you reveal, like, actually, I have nothing to do with this shit. Uh, and he gets furious, you know, because he, he he's a hardline. Yeah, he, he's, he sold himself like, ah, Claudia, Claudia's crazy. But no, Claudia didn't want to go far enough. Yes, yeah, he's, yeah. he's you know, because we're kind of being introduced to these three different takes on cultism. Like, mm-hmm. use the cult for money and have bad teeth. <laughs> use the cult to bring this dark god, uh, you know, zero non-cultist. Let's go crazy. And this is the guy who's committed. Yes. Uh, so he thinks he's being tricked just to get the seal. And he comes up as a monster. Yes. Um, uh, whether or not he is actually a monster or just warped in the other world version of it, I'm not sure. Or if you're just seeing that. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, what I mean. If it's like, yeah, you, yeah you're bringing this to it because uh, you know this is Claudia's dad. And you think, like, yeah. you know, Claudia's dad must be a real shithead. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, he, and, and he is, like, yeah. in, a, in a really bad way. Um, yes, so this is. this is a fight. You're, he's like this aquatic kind of reptiloid monster. I love his design. Um, mm-hmm. actually, it's very, very creepy. I don't know, like, what it symbolizes or anything, but, uh, but Probably yeah. Probably a penis. Probably a penis. Yeah, um, my, but, my guess is a penis or a vagina. Yeah. But he, uh, but he swims underneath the water and he pops out to, uh, to kind of attack you. But this is really just kind of, again, playing whack-a-mole with an enemy that is not always, not always vulnerable. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not a good fight. Um, after you, you fight him, you get this, uh, this sigil or what have you, the seal. And uh, you wake up in the real world. Uh, and you, you walk out, or no, that's when you actually find this talisman there. Yeah. Um, and you're, you're leaving the, the hospital and you overhear Claudia talking to Vincent. Yeah. And Claudia accuses him of sending Heather to kill Leonard. Yeah. Like that they are in the hospital room that you just left. Yes. Yeah. Or not, not, not in the hospital room, the hotel room that you, that, yes. that you were staying in. Like they were creeping on your stuff. Yes. Um, and like Vincent. Like, he straight up taunts Claudia, saying, like, oh, I know why you're doing this. Like, the things he did to you, like, the memory of it even still hurts me. Yeah. But, like, taunting her about her, like, past of abuse. Her, her abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and uh, what what you call faith is nothing more than a child calling out for love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, pretty mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, eventually, you know, when you get back there, Vincent is still there. And yeah. he tells you to look for this church on the other side of the lake. That's yeah. where Claudia is. You want to kill them. Um, <laughs> and Douglas has also already left. Um, you know, there's a message from Douglas. So he's already way ahead of you. Yeah. He probably found a clue when he went to Leonard's old house or what have you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had to go through the amusement park to get there. Yes. Uh, so you, you run for a long time. There's just kind of like a pointless... Uh, long period of walking by boats and stuff. Yeah, like you, you run up the, the, the coastal highway that would have taken you to the Silent Hill Historical Society. And yes. then it thankfully just fades to black to close yeah, the it, distance. It does a couple of those. Yeah. But, until eventually you get to the amusement park. 
Yeah. Um, um, which we, is already another world. There is no there there is no real world amusement park for you to go to. No, there's probably no real world amusement park. <laughs> um, and this is the same place as the beginning of the game, right? Like all the way up to, like the only difference is there is a there is a key um, in the in the gift shop with all the little Robbie the rabbits that you can use to deactivate the coaster, which yes. opens up the rest of the the rest of the stage. So you would have gotten there in your dream mm-hmm. if you didn't get uh, get ran over. Yeah. Um, this time, however, even after you turn it off, it activates on its own. The only difference <laughs> is, I guess, it happens a little bit later. Yeah, so, so you can jump off. So you can jump off, which while you're recovering, because I think you land on like the awning over a ticket booth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we get this confrontation between Claudia and Douglas, uh, set to the most jarring track on the soundtrack, the uh, the Lost Carol that is the tube and throat singing, <laughs> growling uh, kind of track. Yeah, and uh, and and Claudia hired him under kind of false pretenses. Yeah, saying that um, Harry had kidnapped her. Yes, which is like, I mean, you stress <laughs> the truth a lot. It's only makes... metaphysically true. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, and she's like, no, no, I want I want paradise here, uh, paradise for castrated sheep. Maybe or uh, Douglas says this. That's a you know he's like she says nothing will ever be bad, nobody will be sad, etc. Mm-hmm. It's paradise. And uh, Douglas says a paradise for castrated sheep maybe, maybe sounds pretty boring. Yeah. Um, you know, which again, right. heaven's heaven's boring. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that's the reason why I don't want her to succeed. <laughs> right. It's not because it might be boring. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I actually, I guarantee whatever Claudia, if she's success, successful, it won't be boring. <laughs> right. Like, um, that is, uh, that is not the way Douglas. And, uh, and Douglas is, uh, gets ready to actually shoot her. But then it cuts away. Yes, it cuts away. So we don't, we don't get to see that. And, uh, you wake up near the Borley Haunted Mansion, which is one of my favorite levels in like a game. <laughs> uh, I mean, from, from, from Vampire the Masquerade to, some other game, we are always going to like an explicit haunted house. The the reason why this one is good is because like one haunted houses work. Like it uh-huh. is just like I like a haunted house. Yeah. Um, but two, like it is so. Uh, this is where the goofiness works for yep. me. Oh yeah. Welcome to the Borley Haunted Mansion. We're so glad you came. Please come inside and look around. When you feel you're ready. Then go through the door. Like it just—it you take something that's already meant to be scary, and then you just turn, tilt it a little bit mm-hmm. to make it a little weird, and it, it becomes really effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's also just kind of like a set piece level. Like there's not very much combat or anything like that. Like it is just is kind of like oh, you walk through. Yeah, there's no combat. Well, I was going to say there's no action, and there actually there's that chase sequence, which I also really like. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, uh, it's really neat. Like it yeah. is, uh, this is very good. Yeah. So this whole thing is narrated by bored Vincent Price. This guy's great. <laughs> yeah. Help! Help! Do you hear those voices? A family of four was sliced into bloody pieces in this room. Like, again, just, I want disaffected Silent Hill rather than mustache twirling Silent Hill. Like, <laughs> this works for me. This a is lot. disaffectedly mustache twirling. Yes. Yeah. Or, <laughs> because uh, he's trying to mustache twirling. Yeah. He's, tr- he's trying to be, he, he is definitely trying to be, uh, you know, spooky and mustache twirling, but like, it just comes across as like disingenuous. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause it's his job. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to this, uh, this, uh, dining room on your way in there and there are all these, uh, 
and he's just like, many people died here, you know? <laughs> uh, you know what he sounds like? And I was going to, I'm glad I remembered this. Uh, and, and this is a reference for, uh, I don't think you're familiar with this, but there's um, Brett Gelman and John Daly do characters on Comedy Bang Bang called Suicide House, <laughs> which are two two ghouls who live in the Suicide House. <laughs> and uh, it's the best. It is, it is like the, the, the funniest shit. And mm-hmm. he sounds like that, oh. where he's like, he's just like, Anyway, I'm lying. Only one person died <laughs> by suicide. Yep. And then the the, the lightning comes by in, like uh, where you suicide. see a shadow of somebody, you know, uh, hung uh, like outside the outside the window, and like all of the blood was just like, oh, I pooked you, mm-hmm. but not the yeah, way you expected. And and it's a uh, uh, as so you're like, okay, that's kind of scary. And then you move into the the study, mm-hmm. and this ends up on like a tons of YouTube like top. 10 scariest jump scare things like this is like this is a good jump scare yeah. uh where there's a man sitting in a rock, rocking chair that is and, harry's uh, model yes and it, which is great and you think something terrible is going to happen and you walk forward to the door after he finishes his narration <laughs> and then the hanging body just lands in front of you with mm, that's danny <laughs> poor danny he's very friendly <laughs> if, see if i if i didn't think this was like league scarier than even the the, the bathtub reveal in eternal darkness i would have mm-hmm. cut that in i actually don't want to be that hostile to the listener yes. <laughs> and when you and when something is too like too hostile for me to do to you folks you know that it like because it's like a loud snap and then a scream yeah. as, as as it drops by like the sound is like almost as scary as the visual it's well because the because uh, the game doesn't traffic in too many jump scares, so instead mm-hmm. you have this like low low level tension mm-hmm. uh, that ends up like equaling out to being nothing, <laughs> you know. So it may right. as well. It's not like it's it's like it's already at seven and you're turning it up to ten. It's like seven has become the new zero, you know. Like you've lost your zero point for mm-hmm. for tension. Yeah, and then now you're going up to ten from that. Like it ends up having more of an effect somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah, Danny is great. Mm-hmm. Danny's real good. Yeah. Um, the, this, the next room too is also real good. Yeah. Where because uh, I don't know why it works on me. It's so stupid. <laughs> but he's just like you know. Mm, sometimes the floor drops out. We've been meaning to to work on that. And you're like, oh, and the camera's positioned. I'm like looking at the floor. Like, oh, okay, I'm gonna fall down into another uh, Rust Blood dungeon. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> spiky sorry. ceiling drops from the, the, the top and opens to you. It stops. Like, oh, I assure you, it was not supposed to stop there. And it's like, it's all just like silly, you know, suicide house. And then he's like, oh, you know, we actually don't want you to, you know, I thought this was the exit, but we don't want you to leave. And the exit opens into this like non-Euclidean unending hallway. It's so scary. It's really good where this red light just chases you. And it's just this, I don't know what's going to happen when that red light hits me. You die. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I know you die, but it's like, I don't know what that means. Like, how? Like, it's red light. You know, it's like, it's not a specific fear. It's just... It's just I know pursuit. That's bad. Yeah. yeah, like that is bad. Yeah, and I like get away from that. And this is the return of the sound design too. Like the like this this incredibly uh, high pitched noise like comes mm-hmm. up as it gets closer to you. And again, you have like one of these hallways that instead of guiding you, actually like closes off in front of you. So like this is one of the weird places. I have trouble getting through this because of the camera switches on two D control. So you like as long as up is forward, I know I'm always going to run. So I switch to I switch to the uh, the tank controls for this. Yeah. Yeah, it, this is great. Yeah, like this this red light hi- highway, uh, red light highway uh, <laughs> uh, is is very good. Yeah, um, this this is a great sequence, and that whole that whole like level, that whole haunted house is the best. Like I love it. Yeah.
this leads to Douglas. Yeah. Um, who, yeah. Uh, who somehow has broken both of his legs. <laughs> like, finding this woman uh, who was half his size. I'm not sure what happened. Yeah, just cracked him over her, her knee. Um, <laughs> like Bane? Yeah. He's been like, yeah. <laughs> You embrace the fog, but I was born in it. Yeah, the, um, <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. That's a, yeah, I got, oh, yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't, I uh, got no Bane. Um, oh, well, oh, uh, the, well. The, the, the key to a good Bane is to sound very calm. Yeah, I guess that's why I didn't think I sounded that uncalm there. <laughs> you're, you're, you're so yeah. anxious, Gary. Calm down. I, I, uh, I'm red light. Um, so, so his legs are broken, and uh, you know, you're like, well, I'll call an ambulance. Because, like, who's going to drive that ambulance, dude? <laughs> it'll just be an ambulance monster. Yeah, <laughs> like, like a real Ghostbusters toy. Or you call one from outside town and just mm-hmm. doom them to... Um, <laughs> Gary, 13 years later, that ambulance is still driving around on the streets yes. of <laughs> Yes. Uh, oh, man. Um, but, uh, yeah. but, yeah. <laughs> there's yeah, a there's a lot of like kind of generic uh, let's be dad and kid dialogue like I'm just real, looking out for you champ dadding yeah stuff here and the, there's a part this might have happened earlier too where he's like you know uh, this or no this is where he's like you remind me of my son who died robbing a bank mm-hmm. and uh, and I think this might be where he was like you remind me of my son and she's like maybe, maybe I could remind you of a daughter mm-hmm. which like that that's meaningless <laughs> like I don't like, that it sounds like it is actually like a profound statement and doesn't mean anything at all yeah because um, like, with like. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Like, like he's already saying the thing that you're saying. Yeah. Um, shut up, Heather. Uh, <laughs> oh, she but, just lost her dad. I, I yeah, I know. It is. It is just. Uh, it's. It's. It's bad dialogue. Yeah. But, um, but there and, is an actual character moment here, though. Yes. Yeah. Um, as you're leaving, uh, Douglas raises his gun, and it's like, oh shit. And, mm-hmm. and you don't know if it's like he's possessed or if he's going to do it. And he says something like, uh, "Maybe killing you here is the only way to end this nightmare." And then she says, and, "Yeah, actually." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, your your choice, buddy, and and walks away, and he doesn't do it. Yeah, you find his diary in the fortune teller room, and just it's kind of just his case journal talking about being hired in uh, for this, which it's not really. I mean, it's all stuff we already know. Yeah, like like we know this stuff. Yeah, um, and you actually the frustrating thing is like uh, you uh, you read the guide when you pick it up, and then you pick it up, and uh, I was looking um for more information because I was trying to find out more about Douglas mm-hmm. uh, because that felt like a kind of a frustrating shallow pool. Mm-hmm. And online, it's like, oh, if you examine it while it's in your inventory, you get more information. I was like, oh, cool. And I, <laughs> I went in and did that, and you get like one extra page that's no, that reiterates something on the page before. Blech. It's really weird. Like, it just doesn't. Uh, this would have been an opportunity to develop this character right after this emotional beat, mm-hmm. and they don't take it. Yeah, um, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, another thing that you find here is a Silent Hill One save point. Uh, mm-hmm. They start showing up, and uh, this has a, a note from Harry talking about uh, seeing a girl in the hospital who looks just like Cheryl. So I like, love, I love that, like that. That's his save point because his save points are just notepads, mm-hmm. you know. So it's him writing what happened, yeah, and you finding that, and that being a, an actual clue in this game, yeah, that's super cool. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the final set piece of this area, which is this carousel covered uh, <laughs> that instead of having like porcelain horses uh, is full of meat horses as scary carnival carnival music picks up and the uh, the carousel starts spinning and this is spooky Gary yeah this is this is real good yeah. I mean just all this riddle this has essentially you just have to kill all the horses before they stop turning yeah um, but just being on a carousel and it's starting up and then horses made of meat and paled on carousel <laughs> like it's pretty good yeah well they're they're, um, they're hung on hooks is, is, yeah. is, is what it oh, is oh yeah so. yeah 
Yeah, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will breathe out this gas if you kill them from in front of you. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you're just kind of being, you have a pretty generous time limit, but you're being disoriented and you just have to make sure you kill all of them. Right. And the ones that are dead stop moving up and down. Yes. Um, yeah. But then um, the carousel starts spinning downward, like drilling down. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, you know, from this uh, carpet, like, like this is the transition into an even darker world. Yes, um, other, other world. Yes. Alessa shows up. Like, she stands up from a bloodstain. And we see her, like, it looks a lot like Heather, except she's mm-hmm. got uh, black hair and this kind of charred, cracked skin with these crawling blood tendrils um, all over her. Mm-hmm. As uh, yeah. as the carousel has this carpeting that looks like the carpeting from, uh, like, the, the cult facilities. Yeah, and this is a boss fight. Yes. With her, she uses the same weapon. This is like your, you know, your duel, your Dark Souls duel, where she has the same weapons as you, essentially, um, is the idea. Um, if you try to attack her from a distance, it doesn't quite work. Right. Um, and she will attack you from a distance because eventually she will use a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea is you have to use meat horses for cover and let her get close to you. Um, you want to attack her as she's attacking you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's actually like, as far as boss fights in this game go, like probably my favorite as far as what you actually do. Right. Um, because there's a, a, a trick to it. Like you have to figure out, you know, get her close to me, bait her into getting close to me by hiding behind a meat horse. I like how she goes through all of the weapons without even bothering to uh, to use the, uh, the maul. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, after you kill her, you know, like this is like this is important. Like they, they kind of undersell the gravity of this. But like you are, the, 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 the boss is called the memory of Alessa. And, like, this is supposed to be Heather killing this darker side of herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see this note from Alessa, you know, scrawled in blood on the floor when it finally, like, lands at the very, you know, basically core of the earth, um, talking about choosing a gentler death rather than inflicting, you know, the suffering of the demon on the rest of the world. So, like, the Alessa at the end of the first game was, you know, trying to create something that would, you know, go forward and, like, sending all of the goodness in her out. Mm-hmm. Um, you head through this kind of small hallway uh, with uh, these kind of writing on the walls that are cult mm-hmm. you know, these like church writings, um, to a door uh, that kind of calls itself, um, calls itself the gate to the road to paradise. Yes. And this leads into the church, which is the final level of the game. And yeah, like the church, I like the church a lot, mm-hmm. um, just because again it continues that 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 other world kind of kind of fuckery. Uh, it's kind of dense with plot stuff, but I want to make sure that we kind of move forward through it, like kind of not so much beat by beat, but like in broad strokes. Yes, yeah. One of the things I want to mention about the church, just real quick, that is a broad thing, is that the uh, the map is uh, you find a hand drawn like map is like drawn by a child that gets filled in as you move through rather than giving you a complete view mm-hmm. of things, which is a like a, a really good way to do it. Um, because a lot of this area is about um, kind of looping back. You spend a lot of time backtracking mm-hmm. in the church and going back and forth and kind of uh, digging further and further into these spokes out. And this yeah. is a good way to represent that. And I like a creepy uh, map that looks like it's, you know, there wouldn't be like a, a transit map, you know, or a mall <laughs> map like there is. Yeah. Um, this is like a map made by like a little kid, like a little girl. Yeah. Uh, probably. Yeah. Definitely. And, and we knew that we knew that Alessa liked to draw when she was young. So like the, the, the part of the map that's drawn in in crayon with like these pictures of bunnies, you know, down mm-hmm. there um, is like the part of the church that actually makes sense. 
And yes. then everything that you're exploring that like adult Heather, adult Alessa is filling in is all the stuff that doesn't make sense. Yes. I get a lot. Um, but uh, you go into the sanctuary and Claudia is standing there at the altar, you know, talking about like, oh, yes, Vincent must have led you here. You know, yes. the, like the world that we wanted is nearly here. And this whole area, like generally, is about like learning the relationship between Claudia and, and, and Alessa. Yeah, because because you kind of uh, you either you're either being possessed by Alessa mm-hmm. or like that part of your personality is bubbling forward or you're manipulating Claudia mm-hmm. because you start talking like her. Yeah, and you say, you know, my dear, my dear sweet sister, um, and, and and you tell her that the the world doesn't need to be burned down uh, because suffering is a fact of life. Like yeah. we can't actually create this this uh, heaven for castrated sheep. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you're doing so, though, um, you start doubling over. Yeah, and it kind of ruins your either your your illusion or your you know your spell that you're under. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Claudia's like, you, you know, you despise me, don't you? Um, you know, you're damn right I do. That's good. Yeah, like this is exactly what Claudia wants. Yes, and we're yeah, gonna so, we're, we're gonna learn why it's like, it's not just for evil. Yes, <laughs> um, yeah. Even though that is the, like that, that's the end she's working toward. It is not explicitly just for evil. Mm-hmm. By by examining the, the the paintings on the walls here, you learn about their creation myth. Um, you know, talking about this this woman in red who was you know who who birthed humanity and then gave them these angels, but died in the process. And so this is the god that they are trying to bring back. And uh, a note that we find later actually explains, like, yeah, the cult just kind of moved in and appropriated a bunch of the stuff um, from, like, the, the, the natives. And, you know, it was that they were given kind of this Christian kind of uh, kind of imagery and naming convention because that's what they knew. And that's mm-hmm. what the, uh, you know, like, the, 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 the cult called them angels, but uh, enemies of the cult called them demons. And that's how we got that, because that yes. was just the point of reference. Um, you kind of move further in after you got the map, and you head to this confession, confessional, which is from my like little research that I've done is like a fan divisive, kind of like important thing. Kinda, yeah. Like people, I've I've read conversation where people there's controversy to this or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go to this convention confessional, and uh, uh, you you hear uh, a confession mm-hmm. um, that happens here where a woman kind of confesses uh, what she's done to you um where uh and and at the end of this kind of long screed um and to me it sounded like and you can tell me if this is this is true like it sounded like her like a mom like it sounded like heather's mother yeah to me um it's definitely not dahlia's voice actress uh yeah i I didn't necessarily like think it was that direct but it mm -hmm. felt like that's what it was trying to evoke to me like it's very non-specific like the like the, the person saying we don't we don't know who it is but like it feels very much like she's talking to you and like uh, Alessa is a per- is a person who has had enough people do bad things that even somebody who was in the cult who might have been complicit in the act would feel responsible for what happened to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the end, you get this ch- chance to forgive uh, this person or not because you're in the priest section. And I said yes, um, and she just cries. And this is I think this is the best voice performance in the game. Yes, um, and it's and and it's because it's not like weird and off and mm-hmm. and Twin Peaksy at all. Yeah, it like, is. It's just... a pretty naturalistic voice performance god i am a child trembling with fear as i stare at death soothe my tortured soul with your infinite mercy please forgive me yeah it is it is just like the like the the sound of somebody like seeking and then experiencing catharsis yeah Uh, Yeah. what happens if you say no 
Um, if you say no, just like she says, oh, I understand, and she and she owns it. Here's the thing, though. You would think that saying yes and forgiving the person would be the more compassionate thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. like, the, like this would be a thing that would contribute to a better ending. Saying no um, is actually uh, Heather not living into her role as Saint Alessa. Um, and saying no is not Heather saying, like, I don't forgive you. It's Heather saying, I can't forgive you. Yeah. So forgiving her is actually something Alessa would do. Yes, and you don't and you don't want that. Well, the other thing too that like if we're talking about the moral choices that determine stuff at the end of the game, my other understanding is going back and checking on Douglas mm-hmm. when he has his broken leg. That also contributes to it. Hmm. I don't actually know. I, I just didn't... went through my game the one time. It's stuff I've read. Yeah, I uh, in in researching what contributes to the different endings, um, I did not see anything about Douglas. Okay. Yeah, it might have been one specific guide. Mm-hmm. That I looked at, like it might not be common knowledge, yeah. but yeah, this is a kind of a counterintuitive kind of thing mm-hmm. that you should do. But, um, yeah, uh, so you, you head further in, and um, you get these paint into this belfry uh, room, which has a big save point on the ground, which I love because that's mm-hmm. what, where it should have been the entire time because it <laughs> looks like a big scary uh, Eldritch Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, has all these painting of saints, including Saint Alessa, yeah. the mother and daughter of God. Yes, and uh, yeah, the, the the part of you that wanted death uh, seventeen years ago. And the part of you that wanted life, yes, and it's separate. So it is. It is Alessa um, as as a you know a young woman holding baby Alessa herself. Yes, yeah. Um, so something that's kind of frustrating, like in order to progress in certain points in the church, you have to uh, you have to kind of wait for this crying invisible ghost with blood, with bloody footprints to like move on the on the concrete to show you these hidden doors. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't particularly care for that, but like it doesn't happen too much. When you go in deeper, you find uh, you find a library um, that has some tarot cards around, and each of the uh, each of the tarot uh, that you find represents somebody different um, in you know in, in the main the main players in the story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you also find that book that explains where the where the names of the gods came from. But then yeah. Vincent shows up. Yeah, Vincent shows up and, and explains what he is doing here. Yes. Um, which is again, it ends up feeling kind of like under, not under motivated, but just like I just you know okay yeah. Um, except for this is where he gives the really great line, which uh, <laughs> not to give you more work, but you should cut it in when it comes up. Oh no, for sure. Um, I'm, the, I'm I'm cutting stuff in all the time. Yeah. Don't worry. The um, so so he essentially says like you know me and Claudia we believe in the same God, but I'm actually sane. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't care if it's God or the devil, uh, but I don't want this God to be born because it would be inconvenient and unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, it's like, okay, fine. And then they do the Hotline Miami thing where he's like, <laughs> Don't stand there looking so smug. You're the worst person in this room. You come here and enjoy spilling their blood and, and listening to them cry out. You feel excited when you step on them and snuff out their lives. a joke i love it and the look it's, that he gives too like it's that like that's the it's point really where it's good. most apparent that his eyes aren't focused yeah 
That's um, really good. Like it, it, it almost feels like, and this is sounds damning, and I don't mean it to be. It mm-hmm. almost feels like it's from a different game to me. Mm-hmm. Like if if the the rest, like if that had been more had been done with that or something mm-hmm. like that, because that, that is kind of a trope. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's one that always works on me. <laughs> like I always <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, you know that that kind of Shadow of the Colossus, like oh, this thing that we've been slightly like maybe shouldn't have been doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always going to work on me. And yeah. this this line read feels like it's from like it's so good. Yeah. And I haven't liked his voice acting up until this point <laughs> like and this is really really good which well, is, makes me think it's not like he can't like voice act it's he, just this weird choice to drop out of his villain mode oh yeah he drops into a different register entirely yeah it's really good yeah but then he but then he plays it off legit he writes it off as a joke yeah yeah like uh like <laughs> you know you're like lol um, you know, like, we, we, we could maybe sex, lol. You know? uh, I can send you a dick pic, lol. Uh, no. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but, um, but we've seen evidence, like, you know, both for and against this interpretation of it. Um, yes. A, because, uh, you know, at the end of the mall stage, Douglas has said, like, oh, like, what's the deal with those monsters that we found? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, in the hospital, like, we talked about those, you know, the nurses being locked up for people abuse when you go into one of those cells there's a nurse in there so there like the the relationship between like what was a nurse in the real world and what you see as a nurse in in the other world is kind of unclear yeah and especially here in the cultist area where you start fighting uh these scrapers again you know scrapers (laughs) playing into the gynecological thing um uh you know fear of abortion and stuff like that um you know like these could just be cultists like (laughs) claudia has pointed out the missionary which looks very similar to the the scrapers and like you might just be like mowing down a whole place of these but like it's you know the interpret the interpretation that i take is that like oh it's it's just the other world like these are the demons yeah yeah, it, it, it's when it's it feels like not like a weakness again, but like the fact that it's not uh, it's unclear. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that it's unclear doesn't add a lot for to it for me. Like yeah. it just feels like it's like the game isn't about that. It feels like a really cool line that feels a little bit tossed off. Yeah. Um, but because there's so much contradictory evidence, it ceases to become kind of a cool mystery mm-hmm. whether they're real and just becomes the kind of thing that like. The game isn't concerned with, so I can't spend myself spend that much time being concerned with. You know, right. um, there's yeah. too much else going on right now. Yeah. Uh, so that line like feels like a real cool, like oh shit, mm-hmm. like things just got real. And then like anything leading up to or after has nothing to do with that, <laughs> right? You know, and like, that's kind of a bummer because it's such a cool. It's like an idea that resonates with me so much. Mm-hmm. It's um, like, that, oh my gosh, I want to play that game. I want like I want yeah. that to be true so bad. And like, then. And, that's Ultimate. a really good idea for a Silent Hill game too. Like that's, <laughs> you know, that's that feels very Silent Hill themey to me. Yeah, and like ultimately, um, it just becomes a character moment for a character that you don't really like. Totally. Yeah. Like it just, it, you know, whether he's fucking with him, like because it's a really genre savvy way to fuck with somebody <laughs> yeah. about this, and that kind of makes sense too because there's evidence like earlier that Heather is into like horror movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like so, you know, she she could be like she could be experiencing the same trope that I, the player, am experiencing when yeah. he says that, you know, and that's a cool idea. Yeah. Um, but it's just like this is the climax of Vincent, mm-hmm. and from now on, Vincent's just gonna die later. <laughs> um, yeah. He confirms that the seal that you found is the is the seal of the Metatron. Um, yes. you know, from Leonard and then says like, yeah, this is a, this is a, you know, a, a, a smiting reagent that, you know, you will, you will use it, you know, you'll know what to do when the time is right. There's also, the, I, it might come later, but you end up finding some stuff that deals with him making money. 
<laughs> yep. on the cult. And it's like you get the idea of he's this kind of occultist, like debutante. Mm-hmm. Like he he knows all this stuff is real, but he's not a true believer, really. Yeah. Uh, and and he's doing it for money, and that's going to turn out to be true. Is that like this is you know not. Like, this is fake. Yeah. This is incense and, and candles and stuff that you have mm-hmm. here. The seal of the Metatron is, is just a... It's nonsense. Yeah. No, he's, he's, he's specifically embezzling. You make yes. more money as a cult leader, but you have more sex when you're... Exactly. And that that's a cool... Uh, uh, that's a cool idea mm-hmm. that I just... I didn't feel totally explored. Yeah. But anyway, um, so you head down into the basement after this uh, conversation, and we uh, get uh, Val- uh, Vatiel uh, shows up again, <laughs> um, kind of walking in this hallway next to you. Yeah. Again, you never directly interact with him. He's just there. He's always one level of separation away. I love the makeshift morgue. It's not really yeah. a morgue. It's just a room where they keep a bunch of bodies and start kind of try to stuff them behind a wall. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is where you get another uh, tarot card. The tarot cards are going to be the big uh, kind of over, overarching puzzle yeah. here. Um, and you find this is where space is getting weird and you're running into places that you've already been. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to the last level of Silent Hill 1. Yeah where you uh, kind of are going through um, a grand area that actually goes back to areas we've already been to. Mm-hmm. Because we go into Harry's room, or like a, a version of Harry's room. Yeah. Um, there's been stripped bare. Yeah, like that the cultists had come in and like cleared it after you've left. Um, yes. And you find, you know, you, you find a diary that's, you know, Harry's diary talking about his guilt over naming the new baby Cheryl. Like, he's unsure if he should be trying to replace the, the young girl that he raised with his wife for seven years. But like he has no idea, he has no idea like again what she is or how how she should how he should treat her aside from like I'll treat her like a young girl and a daughter because that's the thing that makes the most sense to me and what feels most right. And there's kind of a, a heartwarming moment here where you know Heather slash Alessa remembers Harry's wife, remembers her mom, like mm. her real mom. <laughs> not the mm-hmm. not Dahlia, not the mother, you know, of Alessa, who you know tortured her daughter, but the one who actually like loved her as a seven-year-old girl. So she has Cheryl's memories as well. Yeah, she's the trilogy. Yeah, um, you head into the, this uh, the sick room, the sick room here, um, where uh, this is where Alessa was kept. Yeah, this and is a re- a recreation of the uh, of the sick room from one. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and you have these kind of, again, memories of everything about being stuck in this bed as Alyssa, mm-hmm. as you kind of fail to deliver this god. Right. Um, and uh, you, you find another hero card here, the fool, um, on top of a book about something called uh, uh, Agla Oglafidus. Agla- Aglafidus, which yeah. is, uh, you know, a little deus ex machinae. Yeah, uh, that they're introducing it this close to where it's going to be used. Right. That is uh, uh, in the proper ending of Silent Hill One. That is the substance that uh, that Kaufman throws at the incubator in order to um, uh, exercise the, uh, okay. the, the the god. Aglophytus is like the the, the mysterious red liquid yes. um, that actually has a, a basis in history and like Kabbalah and stuff like that. Like it was thought to be an herb that was used in uh, in exorcism rituals and stuff. But here it's, you know, like they're presenting that this uh, this possibly could take either liquid or crystal form. Yes. Yeah. I, I never liked that puzzle in Silent Hill 1 either when yeah. you do that. Like I felt like I maybe I missed a, a log somewhere mm-hmm. that made that not arbitrary yeah. or not feel arbitrary that I was going to throw this red liquid on on somebody. But like mm-hmm. it just felt like it was it felt out of nowhere. Yeah. There. And it, I could have definitely could have missed something. But it, the fact that I was I felt like I was being thorough. So if it. Yeah. If, it, it is easy that easy to miss. Then it feels a little like, eh. it's it, it's uh, it's very very thoroughly hidden. Yeah, you know, just like the, the the information about what to do with it is is even is hidden even better than the the, the thing itself. Like even getting it, which was also like 
you know, just kind of like, I thought I was going to have to use it as a, in a puzzle in that place. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, so I thought I had to do it and then having it be optional was just kind of weird. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's fine. It ends up just kind of ASX mocking the game or the end of the game, which Mm -hmm. it's, it's necessary for that. But, and it's kind of a little bit heavily signposted that this, this book is here. Mm Mm-hmm. They've done other, like, more subtle hinting about what you have to do to end the game earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's like they, we really have to underline it. The last room in the hallway here is a room. It's, it's Alessa's room, again, from Silent Hill 1. Um, except this time we have a, we have a notepad from Harry. It's the, it's the last save point, like what he wrote as he was going in to kill the god or whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? Um, and when you look at, uh, when you look at the drawings, you actually, you know, see Heather remembering, like, drawing as a child with Claudia. Mm-hmm. Right, um, but the door here to to to, to go forward is locked, um, and there are these slots where you need more tarot cards. And the sketchbook uh, that you find on the bed, that is actually the sketchbook from Silent Hill One, explains that you need four cards in order to proceed. Or yeah, kinda, it, uh, it lays out the, the the puzzle. Yes, for this, which is also uh, I looked up the hard mode version of that, and it sounded ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, yeah, you don't have all the puzzles at this point. Mm-hmm. Go back up to the top floor. Yeah, there's a there's a wing of this that you haven't been able to uh, that you haven't been able to go through. Yes. Um, so you get up there. There's a classroom, and there's a, the classroom and hallway are flooding with these kind of blood textures that we've seen before. Mm-hmm. And tougher versions of enemies start showing up here, like the ones that carry the blood corruption are very very resilient. Yeah, we didn't we didn't really talk all this time where you're you're doing a lot of backtracking here, mm-hmm. and you're fight, doing a lot of fights. Yeah. Uh, during this place, this is a combat the most he- combat heavy area in the game because mm-hmm. the hallways are very narrow mm-hmm. and it's hard to run around things. Yeah. In, uh, in here, and because you're going to be doing so much backtracking, you may as well kill the things if you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you head back to Midwich Elementary School from the first one, um, yeah. this classroom from there, and you find Alyssa's old desk um, and a letter written by the teacher expressing concern. Yeah, saying so like, uh, oh, I her. think that there's some some terrible abuse happening here. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, and then you get to, um, I, sorry, I wrote it this in here, LS's room. Oh no, like that, 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 that is just somebody else, um, somebody here, but you get a, get a note about Father Vincent interviewing somebody about what happened, uh, 17 years ago, you know, blamed on these foul cultists. And nobody really likes Sister Claudia because she's a buzzkill. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, because everyone else is just having money, mm-hmm. right? Like getting money and, 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 uh, banging around. Yeah. And doing doing cool bacchanalis and shit. <laughs> but when you go to Claudia's room, you kind of find out her motivation here, like why mm-hmm. she is such a heavy believer in this, because like she knows about like the sorrow in the world. Like she reads about human trafficking and child exploitation for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she knows that, you know, what happened 17 years ago, that Alessa is still alive, that some part of her is out there. And she, you know, desperately believes that she needs to burn the whole world down and create a new paradise, you know, free of all that old stuff. And she's not sure if she can do it because like what it takes is too cruel. Yeah. She, she's in favor of the, the Gary's interpretation of the demon souls ending. <laughs> like that, that's what, that's what she wants. Yeah. Um, and again, like it's just, it's one of those things where. This is such an info dump mm-hmm. that I didn't, this didn't have like an emotional, it was hard for me to be sympathetic to her, even though that was the idea, because like you learn a little bit about her, but you learn it all at once and so close to the end. Yeah. You know, like I would, like, I, I would love it because like Claudia, she just wants to be with her friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like she's not an unsympathetic character on paper, but the way it articulates in the game didn't quite work for me. Right. Like it was like, it was hard for, it just felt like too little too late. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. So, like, at this point in the game when I'm playing, um, like, I'm still enjoying it because this area is really scary and, like, really tense mm-hmm. moving through it. And I want to know what happened, but I wanted to know, 
again, not because it was like touching my heart. Like I wasn't super invested in the characters. Mm-hmm. Even what, even once I found out things about them, I on paper are very sympathetic. Yeah. You know, like I feel bad for what happened to Alyssa. Like that's awful, you know? Yeah. And like the, the, this is a sad story, mm-hmm. um, but it was a much less relatable, sad story than, than other games where it has to do with more like personal things, I think. Yeah. Um, so like getting through the, like reading these logs and stuff, I was just kind of like, okay, that this makes sense like a puzzle piece. Yes. But it didn't, didn't make emotional sense. Yeah, I, I, they, they really could have used it better, I think. Yeah. Because whenever Claudia's on screen, she's speaking in riddles, and there's yeah. nothing human about her. No, there's nothing vulnerable about the way the character actually presents herself until the end. Right. Until the very end, with the, the set piece we're heading towards. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you take this hallway outside of that room, um, and we find uh, Valtiel, and uh, he's choking out a nurse uh, from, from inside the wall. Yeah. And something um, that kind of sticks out here, like he he is, you know, kind of like parallel to the floor. Valtel almost, unless he's crawling, almost always exists um, perpendicular to the world, mm-hmm. right? So he yeah. is ninety degrees rotated at all times. And if it looks like he is kind of like moving along our floor, he's actually crawling up and down his walls. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you head back to uh, to Alyssa's room. Um, you use this drawing pad, Cheryl's drawing pad, on the bed to do the riddle to figure out where to place these tarot cards. Yeah. Um, it's not that tricky. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's just a logic puzzle. Like, this has to be above this. This has to be in the middle row. There's so many. It's just the trickiness is how it's written. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sing-songy nursery rhyme. Yeah. And then, like, it, like, there are a couple of possible ways that it could be right. Yeah. There's um, a little bit of trial and error. Kind yeah. of flipping them around. It's fine. I like that the 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 uh, cards rep- all represent people from the uh, from the story. Like the hangman mm-hmm. is Douglas, uh, 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 Heather is the fool, um, Vincent is the moon, etc. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then this opens up the door. You know, like where you would have found the god before. Um, opens up a door to a long hallway where the where the uh, the the camera angles and cuts and moves um, match the uh, the intro to Silent Hill One. Yeah, when you're running down the uh, running down the, down the hallway, that is super cool. Yeah, it's a it's a cool quote to kind of like say goodbye to that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you you head down, you eventually get to this this chamber, and uh, and you find uh, Vin, our, our principal players there, Vincible, Vincent, and uh, <laughs> Vincible, um, <laughs> quite quite Vincible actually. <laughs> yeah, um, and Claudia, and uh, Vincent wants you guys both to be to be dead. He like he just doesn't want. In some ways, he's the most sensible person here. Yeah, just like <laughs> whatever it okay. takes to not make this happen. Like it's Vincent's version of like, can you two just fucking get over, with? like yeah. get it over yeah, with? Like, uh, why don't you just both die? Because this is really inconvenient for this me. This is really inconvenient, and also, uh, I'm not making any money. Mm-hmm. Like these these walking sperm sperm tourists like do not <laughs> carry much change on them. Yeah, um, and he also reveals like you're walking through uh, Claudia's nightmare, not your yeah. own. Um, yeah. And and really, like you know, he, he continues uh, criticizing the, the 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 design, and something that kind of like becomes you know apparent here, you know, like or should have been apparent all along is like she kills your dad, so you kill her dad, right? Yeah. Um, you know, she Alessa suffered abuse, you know, Claudia suffered abuse. You're both victims, but yes. like Claudia is just like she's turned it to eleven. Yes, yeah. Which again is a, such a cool idea that I just didn't feel super sold on. Yeah. Like, like I'm into that. That's a good character parody. Yeah. Um, parody, not parody. Uh, <laughs> Look and, at me. You know, oh, yeah, <laughs> well, I got tons of character. Look at my faults. <laughs> um, the, uh, so uh, he says, you know, if, if this is reality, if this is the work of God, uh, she has lousy taste. Um, Heather, go ahead and kill this crazy bitch. Uh, and the demon who cla- this demon who knows the claims to know the will of God. Yes. And, uh, you know, he's pretty confident for like, 
I don't know why he, he put all of his hopes in the 17-year-old girl, like, <laughs> being faster than this other woman. Uh-huh. But uh, Claudia stabs him. Yeah, like, Claudia gives him, like, a straight-up, like, Oz-shanking perforation. Totally. It's just, like, it, pretty stupid, Vincent. Yeah. Like, like don't turn your back on this person. Like, if there's one thing I can tell about Claudia just by looking at her, that is a person who probably has a ceremonial knife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, if I was a betting man. Yeah. Like, I guarantee that she has a knife with a skull at the end of the handle. Yeah. uh, That is is made of obsidian or, uh, you know, a metal not found on Earth. (laughs) Right. Um, Or a calcum, uh, yes. uh, Yeah. Vincent's an idiot. Vincent's so stupid. That's another reason why this doesn't work. Because he's, like, he's so stupid. There's no self-preservation. Like, I don't... Right. um, I mean, I guess you you could wave that off by saying he's insane. Yeah. But he's not, like, he's really not. Like, he's just kind of, like, he knows what's going on, and yeah. he doesn't want this terrible thing to happen. Like, yeah. well, he, um, he's, he's also, like, a, like an overdramatic nerd. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> like, it is really hard to pin this guy, especially after this, like, he's not like the chess master who is manipulating you by, by being mm-hmm. an idiot. He's actually just an idiot who gets himself stabbed. Like, yeah. um, so, so after she stabs him, uh, she thanks you for nurturing God and this hatred in your heart, which is what is feeding mm-hmm. this God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and which, which, which is why, you know, you, you hate Claudia. And so you, whenever you've had these attacks, you know, it's because she's around and, you know, like you're, you're feeding this God and it's growing inside of you. Yes. You know, so like this whole thing is a big pregnancy parable. Um, but uh, but no, Heather asks, like, why? Like, why would you want to nurture a god with hatred? And Claudia says, you know, happy people can be so cruel. Is it really hard to believe that sympathy can be born out of pain? And like, I mean, kind of, because we <laughs> both have gone through a shitload of pain and nothing good has come of it. It is. It is. Nobody is. Nobody's making sense yeah. here at this part. Like, there's a lot of lines like that, and similar to like, why wouldn't you think of me as a daughter? Mm-hmm. Like lines where it's like, it sounds kind of cool and evocative, yeah. but makes no sense. But, but I mean, like, the, like it, it does indicate like how flawed Claudia's approach is, right? Like, she doesn't see the parallel in her own life. Like, you know, yeah. it has been her goal to fill Heather with to, to fill Heather with pain. She wants to. Her motivation is to create a more peaceful place ruled by a just God. And believes that, you know, like, this being needs context to know what to avoid. But she's just wrong. Yeah. Yeah, and she's just wrong. And she just kind of, like, went whole hog on her first hunch. Yeah. Like, it's like she's playing a video game. Like, she's <laughs> playing, like a, like, a text adventure where it's like, this might not be the intuitive thing, but maybe it'll work. Yeah. And then just keeps, like, doesn't get negative feedback and keeps leaning into it. Yeah. You know? Um, she's she's not genre savvy. No, um, no. Remotely. Like, haven't you seen a movie, Claudia? <laughs> like... Good yeah. night. And, uh, um, and, you know, the person who summons the, de- the demon always gets killed by it first. 100%. And that's <laughs> going to happen to you. Yeah. Um, so uh, as, uh, as you know, this birth is eminent, uh, Vincent, who is not quite dead, says, hey, use the seal. But Claudia <laughs> says, you can't use that. It's just like it's junk. Like that. that's just, you know, flowers and incense. Like that is yeah. not real magic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she finishes him off. Yeah. And she says, but God loves you and he'll take you in. And she's doing like, this is a sacrifice on her part. She, you know, she's been talking about like, oh, I can't get into paradise, not because of the terrible things that I've done, but because of my act of hubris in, in like hurrying this along. Yes. Which like, again, okay. Like it really does feel like you're making up rules as you go, Um, (laughs) but okay. Uh, And, and this is the, uh, uh, so Alyssa kind of doubles over uh, covered with his blood. Yeah. Um, she gets the, the, the blood fingers crawling across her. Yes. Like and the birth isn't get, here. Yeah. When she gets up, though, she is Heather. And mm-hmm. she's willpowered this thing back. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, says, shut, shut your stinking mouth, bitch. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of throwing around the B word in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you can yeah. get a game over here because like it's it's making it seem like Claudia is going to be the final boss. If yes. you decide to kill her, you know, like this, this is kind of the Darth Vader moment. You know, if you finish mm-hmm. me off, <laughs> like you will have done what I want you to do. And, uh, and so if you shoot her, like, yes, the god is born. It is, it is nurtured, uh, fully. Um, the way to actually fight the final boss and proceed is to have put a bunch of, you know, to put one and two together. And this is tricky because it requires knowledge of the first game. It requires you knowing about what a Glophitus is and also like having looked through your inventory and that locket that we saw so prominently displayed in the first you know, in, in, in the opening, if you examine it, you see this red crystal inside of it. And she says, yeah, my dad told me to always have this with me in case something bad happens. The way to solve this is not to kill Claudia, but to use the uh, the locket. Heather eats the Aglophitus crystal inside of it and then pukes up the fetus. That's like this is the the logic behind this. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like a little stretchy, not stretchy, but like it felt <laughs> a little player hostile yeah. to me to like, you know, not all the clues were quite there to know that you have to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that it makes you vomit up a fetus to get a lot of redemption <laughs> because it's great. Yes. Like what, what a just like visceral way to express something that up until this point had been uh, talked about in like a very like you're going to birth a god. But it's like, no, birth is messy and like, like bloody mm-hmm. and, and, and physical. Yeah. You know, and, and this entire time you've been talking about it as if it were, and that ties into like the, the symbology of the game and stuff too. And this entire time you've been talking about it, like it's just kind of this like metaphorical act. Yeah. And it's like, no, that, that's a, there's a fetus and it's growing and it's feeding off of me literally, not just like my feelings. Right. You know, and like this moment where you puke that up, like that was a real good, like I was like, yes, that's, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Um, that's real good. And what happens after this is even greater because Claudia does not want to let her, yes. uh, her promise of paradise, um, slip away, you know, so, so, so easily. You know, Heather says, oh, it looks like God doesn't, you know, didn't make it. And then Claudia says, no, she bends down, picks the fetus up and swallows it so she can give birth herself. Five second rule. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's so good. (laughs) (laughs) And after swallowing this fetus that is like, it has to be the size of a football. um, She is overcome with these blood fingers and then falls down this pit. Uh, yes, that has been a big vagina pit. Yeah, yeah, like this ruptured, like prolapsed vagina pit with yes. like uneven edges. Yeah. I told you before about that dream I had about like coughing up the part of my esophagus that was like a yes. piece of shell pasta. That's what this uh-huh. reminded me of. It, that's how it works. You just swallow it. It's so visceral. Um, <laughs> is, uh, so, so, so you go down, you jump into this ruptured vagina, mm-hmm. and uh, just like James jumped down a giant pit mm-hmm. at the end of that game, and uh, and you 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 fall. Um, like it is, it is like a, a nightmare. Like you're falling past this like sphincter room. Yeah. With the, with the rotating, the rotating, uh, cells. This is from the beginning, from the opening cutscene. Yeah. Like uh, the, the, the nightmare that led you into it. And like, you're, you're like, you're falling past the sphincter. You're falling past the cervix into this, you know, this, this room with like these striated edges around, you know, around it. That is, that is the womb. And, you know, you see as like Valtiel, you know, lowers, a, a hood over Claudia's uh, you know, mutated head and uh, you know like yeah Claudia isn't here anymore like her clothes are just on the floor of this womb and the god is a, is in front of you it is the woman in red it is Alessa you know <laughs> except incomplete she still has the black hair and she's gigantic and sticking out of this pit but you know like below her shoulders it is just pelvis and legs like yeah. she is a gigantic like birth and womanhood metaphor 
Yeah, she it looks very mannequin-like. Yeah. Like, the, the parts of her, her body that are on her face look very artificial. Yeah. Um, so this is a, a kind of a bland boss fight. A little bit, yeah. Uh, here, where uh, she, she just kind of does two moves. Like, if you're far away, she will shoot fire at you. If you're close, she will try to attack you yeah. with her hands. Um, she also does, like, area denial. Like, she will uh, raise these yeah. these flame sigils on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's not like it's... it Again, it was easy because I played it on easy mode. But I could see being mildly frustrated with it on hard mode, but I didn't, wouldn't love it either. Yeah. Like, I like the design a lot. Yeah. But yeah, as an actual fight, I don't think it's super great. It feels like it's, it, it feels like it is, uh, um, kind of balanced to run out all of your ammo a little yeah. bit, like to, you know, to make you scrape at the bottom. Um, and what you're supposed to do, like you, you have to kind of take shots at her and do enough damage to where she falls over and is vulnerable. So you can go up and get some shots in with, uh, with a melee weapon. Yes. That is the way that you kind of like stretch this out in order to, yeah. uh, in order to make it. But yeah, it, you know, it feels, it feels pretty tense to me every time. Even though I know mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to do, just because like you have to be at zero ammo to win. Yeah, like I mean, not I don't think quite literally you have to, but oh, it's yeah. just it's balanced for such, right? Yeah. Oh, or is it a thing where like it doesn't she doesn't fall over until you run out of ammo? Uh, no, she falls she falls over to like expose herself no matter how you hurt her. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um. Yeah. So then you uh, you go forward, you stomp on her face mm-hmm. a bunch of times, and uh, and then you say, uh, "Is this the end? I guess it's time to roll the credits." <laughs> and then uh, and sobs. Yeah, like like she has put on a tough face so far ever since Harry died. You know, like it's almost like her stomping the god is kind of like Jill shooting the uh, the nemesis. Oh yeah. Like is this moment of catharsis? Like fuck you, you've you've caused all this, but like you know, like okay, th- is this over? Now she can fully feel the death of her father. Yes. Um, so then you end up back at the amusement park, uh, which is just a regular amusement park, mm-hmm. and uh, you. <laughs> In a, in, a, in a boy, Heather's a trooper. Um, <laughs> she's got a good sense of humor about this whole thing. Um, she walks up to Douglas, uh, gonna, like she's going to kill him. Yep. Um, and then she's like, "Gotcha." Uh, you know, everything's cool. And and he's like, oh, "Okay." Uh, and then uh, you know, she asks like, or he asks like, "What are you going to do?" Or something like that. And she says, uh, um, "No, you you can you can call me Cheryl. Like I'm not going to hide behind a fake name anymore. I'm yeah. going to use that name because the name my dad gave me. Mm-hmm. But I think I'll stay blonde." Dun, 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 dun. Um, and then cut to credits with uh, with with a uh, a goofy version of the Silent Hill one theme, uh, hometown with lyrics over top of it, and like a lounge singer. Uh, the uh, the beginning of the the Silent Hill theme I love, mm-hmm. like that weird like that co- guitar that comes through that, that tremolo I, kind of thing. Yeah. I always think it's going to turn into a like a song I like more. Yeah, than it, than it does. Then it ends up turning into like the kind of weird contemporary rock song that it turns into mm-hmm. um i love the beginning part though yeah like it's uh, it's uh it sounds like it's a little bit like the um it's like a, a a minor key version of the third man yeah yeah like thing a little bit like i really like it and then it then turns into like the rock song that is the silent hill song which yeah is like always felt like weird to me that's a rock song yeah um but yeah and then that's that's it you get uh cheryl kneeling over harry's grave there's also an evil ending mm-hmm. to the game uh, called the possession ending yeah and uh, the difference there is you kill douglas right yeah like you don't see her killing him like she walks away and then it's just a pan across uh across douglas's body stretched out on the yeah. on the bench the idea being that like you know heather didn't walk out of silent hill unless it did yes yeah and that's silent hill 3 that is silent hill 3 
Boy, I like this game a lot, Gary. Yeah, I like it too. I mean, I, it sounded it may have sounded like I was down on it. I'm not. Like, no, I had a no. lot of fun talking about it, and I had a lot of fun playing it. Like, mm-hmm. it's really good. It is just to me, it just feels like it is. It's like a it's like a B story, mm-hmm. and an A terror and study and aesthetics and atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's yeah. fine. Yeah, you know, like uh, B stories are fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're judging on a video game curve, it's a really good story. <laughs> um, you know. Yeah. It's just uh, as far as like narratively focused games we've done for the show, it doesn't like end up in the the top top of the pops for me. Right. Um, but purely on that level, everything yeah. else, like the kind of things that are hardest to express in this podcast, because we tend to you know take a narrative view. Mm-hmm. Of things like we we will talk about it mechanics and talk about atmosphere, but mm-hmm. uh, the thing that we can get across uh, most completely, I think, is the narrative, mm-hmm. which I think is the weakest of those aspects in this game. Right. Um, whereas everything else, the things that are kind of harder to talk about and harder to convey, mm-hmm. um, it knocks out of the park. Yeah. Um, so thinking about this, like I don't know if there has been a game that is like as complete and whole of as uh, of an aesthetic work as this is in the uh, in the horror genre since then. Um, you know, since, since this time, like, it seems like everything has kind of shifted over to the amnesia model, which is, which is great and fine, or at least it was in mm-hmm. the dark descent. Um, and, you know, kind of like that's, that, that is the, that is the trail that everybody has been chasing. But I want, I want something else that feels as good and complete and just like dreadful as this does. Not the, in a like too scary to play kind of way, like Outlast or Five Nights at Freddy or, or whatever, but something that, you know, is kind of like, the, the the scale is perfectly calibrated to make you want to move forward, even though you know it's going to hurt. I like I had that feeling a lot in Amnesia. Like Amnesia, mm-hmm. I think is 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 aesthetically whole. I think the difference, though, and this is going to sound like there'd be a way to say this that sounds damning, and I don't mean it to be because I like the aesthetics in these games. Mm-hmm. Um, is there's no restraint? Yeah. Uh, to these like this is I think what it the difference between those two things is this is just turned up to like fucking 20 yeah you know it's like it, there there are once you get into other world stuff it is not uh, it's not a level like it's it, not like a place you could be <laughs> it, it throws all of that stuff out it goes yeah. really hard yeah into it, it it is like I'm gonna I'm gonna say this word and it's a word that kind of like has lost a lot of meaning but like it is as deranged as it can be in the most literal possible way yeah there, like there are no bounds like to like its relationship with space or you know any of the any of, of the aesthetics it's like whatever we feel whatever decision we can make right now to make you feel the way we want to feel we're going to do it yes and and again like when you you talked about it at the beginning of the episode like there's a way to think of that as it being kind of cheap, mm-hmm. um, but it's executed perfectly. Yeah. So it's like it's not cheap because this is the best way to do that. Like it handles that kind of excess really well. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the difference, yeah. right? Like it is and it, it's hard to say, uh, call it a positive thing to call a game excessive, mm-hmm. you know, because that's that's usually a negative thing. But that, yeah. that is in the best possible way of calling something excessive. The Silent Hill kind of aesthetic and world design stuff is excessive. Yeah. In a way that is the most flattering way you can use that word. Mm-hmm. Normal, uh, I mean, and, and it's one of those things like it's 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 an exception, right? Like mm-hmm. normally we praise restraint and this is something that gambled like a series that as a whole, I feel like has has gambled and won. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah, just pushing it, just pushing it as far as, as you possibly can. And it's like it's so the way that it did that is like a minor miracle. You know, because mm-hmm. the the aesthetics, like these are like the aesthetics are are really interesting. They are pretty singular. Mm-hmm. They also wouldn't be out of place in like a nine inch nails video. No, you know, and that's that's bad. Like <laughs> yeah. usually when I if I see something, I'm like, oh, this is just like the fucking tool video for sober. I usually <laughs> mean that as like, it's bad, right? You know, but it just it it's it handles it just like well. 
well enough to avoid feeling <laughs> that way. And this runs counter to everything that we've said, but there's there's a taste and discretion to it that mm-hmm. kind of like tells me that the creators understand what they're doing because like Silent Hill as a whole is an is an eastern parody of western of western horror tropes in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Like even more so than, you know, than than Resident Evil, which is very specifically a, you know, uh, a, a take on B-movie kind of stuff, right? Like this is this is the Japanese interpretation of like Stephen King. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and I think that I think that 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 helps them walk that line and an understanding of like those like the the the, the reference that, that they're going for helps them kind of like recreate that in a in a, in a good and positive way. Well, the, the weird thing, though, when you say that, because that makes sense. And but with the, the strongest parts of to me for Silent Hill and keep in mind, like I've only played the first three and read about the rest. Yep. Um, so I'm you know, I'm not arguing from a place of complete knowledge, mm-hmm. but it's like they've in kind of pursuing that Eastern take on on this kind of Stephen King style horror. They've stumbled across something different. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's synth- it's, synthesis. It's, it's, <laughs> well, even something like new, though, like mm-hmm. not even synthesis. Like it seems like it start They stumbled upon something because the parts of these stories that feel like they're Stephen King stories don't work nearly as well for me as the parts that don't feel like anything else. Yeah. You know, like this is, this is a, this is a touchstone. Like this is a mm-hmm. foundational, like I will describe something as being like Silent Hill, mm-hmm. you know, all the time. Yeah. Like there, there, you know, there are days where like, you know, Portland fills with fog there are like Silent <laughs> Hill days or like I'll, you know, be exploring like a basement yep. or there'll be like just like a graded fence at the bottom mm-hmm. of like a stairwell as I'm walking down like, Oh, that's a Silent Hill thing. Yeah. Like it, it has become <laughs> its own. It's like a touchstone. Yeah. And that it doesn't feel like Stephen King to me. No, no, like that doesn't feel like anything, and right. that's great. Like that's really, really cool that it has become this. Like, I guess when when we talk about rather than framing this in terms of amnesia as being successful, mm-hmm. um, for, more accurately, it'd be to frame it in terms of being unique. Yeah, um, you know, whereas amnesia is is I also think is a hundred percent perfect execution of an aesthetic. It's just an aesthetic that I've seen a bunch, and it's an aesthetic that doesn't go as far. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a hundred percent perfect execution of a, an aesthetic that is like yeah. really new and fresh and unique to the series. Yeah. Or at least like, like unique to video games. Cause like the grading stuff, like a lot of this owes a huge debt to like Jacob's ladder and session nine. Like there are like most of this stuff has a touch point somewhere else, but, but it, just it, the, the idea that it takes it and owns it so hard it like, it becomes an identity. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just, and pushes it further. You know, and and combines it with yeah. So I mean, I guess in some ways it is a, an aesthetic. But I think of when I think when I see something like that, I think of Silent Hill before I think about Session Nine. Yeah. You know, and and Silent Hill predated Session Nine. Um, you know, the at least the early one, right? Mm-hmm. Like Session Nine is a, is a later movie. Um, and maybe even I don't know when Jacob. I guess Jacob. Yeah, Jacob's Ladder was like nineteen ninety. Yeah. Yeah, it came definitely came first. But like, it is. Uh, it you know nothing comes fully formed. Mm-hmm. You know, at, like perfectly and new. But they've pushed it in a direction where like it is such an interesting aesthetic thing that does feel like the Ur example, even if it's not Yeah, to me. And that's like the most remarkable thing about this game is it's as an aesthetic expression. It is the strongest that I played in the series. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's just like, you know, on a, on a gut level, super scary. Uh-huh. No, uh, like, you know, can't, can't be, can't be undersold. Like that's important. No, it has value. It's so much. Is, and it's something that kind of falls apart when you try and look at it intellectually, because like we can describe the mirror and, and something, like, you know, in any of those terms and like, okay, yeah, I, I, I get it. The experience of this is actually like, I was, I was curious how you were going to react to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, which is, it's spooky. Yeah. Like it's super spooky. Like I never had to stop playing. Mm-hmm. Um, which is is my my benchmark for spooks, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I do. I mean, I guess I did because I go up and use the bathroom or go and get a glass of water or <laughs> yep. something. You know, time like, for a break. Yeah, I do a break. You know, just because it's like, ugh, like I can't handle <laughs> that kind of sustained tension. Yeah, 
Um, it, it does that really well. And the plot, like as much as I've been kind of down on it, like if, if you gave anybody the conceit of uh, squaring the circle with Silent Hill 1, <laughs> this might be as good as you could do that. Yeah. It's just Silent Hill 1 doesn't have a good story. Mm-hmm. Like Silent Hill 1 is like a good game as far as being scary and atmospheric. Yeah. That I don't care much about what happens in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if you had to fit that into a universe, like a modern universe, like this yeah. does as good a job as anything I can think yeah. of. And I think it does that by kind of like bringing bringing the cult shit down to earth just a little bit. A little bit. And and also just uh, bringing the cult shit down to earth and making it coherent. Yep. Like there's just more text. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't enough to quite make the characters feel good. But like Silent Hill 1, like. Um, I don't know when the you you replayed that recently too. Like, yeah, there's that, so yeah. there's so little text. Yeah, like, there's so little like actual information given to the player, and mm-hmm. so much time yeah. walking through hallways fighting dogs. Yeah, um, you know, and and like you needed to have like it can't be a story without having enough words in it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it just ne- wasn't quite a like a complete story. Yeah, and this is the complete ver- story version of that, and for that it has value too. Like, yeah, I'm super glad we did it. I, yeah. I'm you know. No, I'm I'm grateful that you that, that you went along for the ride. I mean, like Silent Hill is to Cole as Fallout is to Gary. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, and, and I'm 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 down. Like I like the. Uh, I think there are probably entries in the series that I would seek out let's plays or just read the wikis on. Mm-hmm. Like I'm interested in the grander mythology. Yeah. Um. You know, and would like selectively play other Silent Hill games mm-hmm. uh, with curation. Yeah, you know, I'm not yeah. going to go out and try to collect them all. I'm not going to try to complete the series, but yeah. I am, uh, you know, it is like I'm a fan of the series. It is good. Yeah. Like I've enjoyed all three games I've played. Awesome. Uh, from the series. Yeah. And like but both of us replayed Silent Hill 1 or, you yeah. know, both of us played Silent Hill 1 prior to this so we could have the context. Yeah. Which, which is which is good in that, like, uh, I, I feel I still feel like I probably would have been OK uh, story wise, like reading a synopsis mm-hmm. or watching someone else play it more than playing it myself. I liked having the gameplay comparison though, mm-hmm. because this is, this is so much more playable than the first one. Like it is so much like the first one's playable, but this yeah. one is so much more fun to play. Like it feels better in your hands. Definitely. Like the, yeah. the, 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 I would even say like the first one feels surprisingly playable given its era. Um, yeah. but yeah, like this, like it, it definitely does make you appreciate the fact that they have learned. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it kind of makes the points where they, they haven't like feel a little worse yeah. too. Like it is just, it is, uh, you know, the, I don't, again, don't want to harp on them because it's so weird that like the last two levels of this or last three levels are like some of my favorite levels in horror games. Mm-hmm. And then the first, you know, two or three are some of my least favorite. Yeah. Like it's very bisected mm-hmm. uh, on that. And that's a weird, weird thing to be, to be true of a game, yeah. but it's, uh, it's very good. Yeah. Like it is, uh, it's really great. I think that if you like spooky things, you should play <laughs> it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, you're going to feel the punch even if you know what's coming. Yeah, like, I think so. For me, you know, 12 years later, 13 years later, it still it still hits very very hard. And it's it, so it's it's really perfectly uh lengthed. Oh yeah. Like it, it, it so the pacing doesn't suffer other than a little bit in those first two levels. Mm-hmm. Um and then like your play clock ends up being like 5 hours. Yeah. 5 or 6 hours. That doesn't count deaths and 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 reloads and the like so and cutscenes. So it's going to be actually longer than that, but like that's about how long I want. Yeah. This kind of it's, experience to be. That's about what I could take. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, um, it is. It, it is a good two to three session game. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm very happy we talked about it. Like, I, I think that it warrants being our longest single episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this uh, is pretty insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. This probably could have. It's so it's so hard. to Like, it's this episode is nearly as long as the game. Yeah. Uh, not nearly, but it's like half the length of the game. It's so mm-hmm. hard to predict what's good, what needs to be 
uh, split into two or what could have been. Yep. And really, it's Konami. Yep. <laughs> um, so it's, it's like <laughs> that's that's the common denominator. That's the trick. Uh, it, it, like, imagine if we tried to do Zone of the Enders in two episodes. Oh God. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I guess without doing the second one. Yeah, like, that that would be the thing. Here's, here's a big no fucking thank you to that. <laughs> What are we next time, Cole? Well, Gary, next time uh, we are talking about another really good game. Um, mm-hmm. Fairy games, actually. Uh, Portal and Portal 2. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, I'm in the thick of Portal 2 right now. And uh, yeah, these are these are very fun. I'm going to have a lot of, lot of fun talking about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are those are good games. Uh, the first one I think is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the, the second one I think is very good. Yeah, first one perfect. Um, <laughs> after that, we are going to be playing Warcraft Three: Reign of Chaos. Yes, um, that is uh, that might end up being kind of a long game too, uh, or a long episode because uh, I'm playing it now and it is longer than I recall. Yeah, um, and on the surface, it seems like it will resist our structure, but they do a lot to change up the missions mm-hmm. and change up your goals, so it does not feel strictly like an rts yeah. um which is to the game's credit that they do so many weird kind of things with it so the rts it, it has a weird relationship with the rts stuff like you're always doing it but it's an engine to fuel a different kind of game almost yeah um and they also got a patch recently which is such a weird <laughs> coincidence yep. like they feel like we willed into existence um, <laughs> as, as we sometimes do and the one of the things that i did is allow it to run at native resolutions on modern uh modern computers and modern monitors which is great Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, do we want to talk about what we're doing after that? Because we have to announce it so people can vote. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, so after Warcraft 3, we're going to have a uh, a poll. Yes. Yes. Um, this is our uh, spring poll. We're, uh, we're, we're picking some brawlers, but there's a, there's a bit of a twist to this. Yes. It's unusual. There's a lot of split EPs. For a short amount of time. That's going to happen this year. We're going to have some split EPs because there's short games that we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're doing, we're going to have four, uh, four different games. If you're one of our patrons, if you go to patreon.com forward slash duckvtv, you can vote. Um, the difference between this and our other polls is the top two games actually get featured in the episode. Right. Uh, because brawlers, you know, are infamously breezy, uh, but we are scratching off genres. That's that's this uh, that's this year where we're kind mm-hmm. of doing some stuff we hadn't done before. Um, so with with uh, Warcraft three and now with this. Mm-hmm. Um, so are the four we are choosing, and I will say the ones I remember, and you may have to rescue me. Um, are River City Ransom, uh, Dungeons and Dragons Shadows Over Mystera, Streets of Rage two, or Turtles in Time. Oh yeah, hell yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have, this is the poll that I have the clearest favorites for. Um, I won't, I won't, uh, influence you, but there are two of them that I really want to do. Um, that I, I mean, I would be fine if any of them, any two of them won. Yeah. But if neither of my, my picks get in, I will be sad boy. Yeah. We, we will probably fast track those to be a subject like, yeah, later. Yeah. Like something else. Yeah. Like yeah. a, like a bonus, like a something. Yeah. We'll, t- we'll talk about them on a live stream or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just, uh, but yeah, those are the four. If you, uh, if you go to, if you're one of our patrons, um, you can vote for that. Yeah. And, uh, recommended. Yeah. Look, look for, look for that post on, uh, patreon.com slash duckfeedtv, which is also the best way to support us. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, $2 a month, uh, $1 a month gets you episodes a day early. Um, $2 a month gets you access to our Slack channel. 
um, where you can uh, join us and talk to other fans and uh, kind of play along with us. That's been a big thing. Mm -hmm. We talked about Dr. Static earlier playing along, uh, which he's doing the the Herculean task of playing all of the WAF games, which is (laughs) crazy and great. Um, Even we have barely done that. There's a couple of times where he's been like, hey, in Deus Ex, how do you get the wizard's key in the third floor of the Unaco building? I'm like, I, I remember, dog. Like, it's been a long time. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's awesome that that, uh, that he's doing that. Yeah. And that's a big, that's an awesome way to support us. Um, you know, we, we, we said it on Bonfires of Chat. We won't do the entire stump speech here. But if everybody listening to this gave us a dollar a month, we'd have we'd do more shows. Yeah. So if you like this and want to hear more shows and want to hear us do cool shit, mm-hmm. um, that's the way to do it. People yeah. have been coming out in force with patreon so there is stuff on the pipe in the pipeline oh yeah that is resultant of that and uh may end up becoming permanent fixtures of the network yeah and uh we will talk about that at some point soon yeah. we, we will talk about that when we are when we are in a position to do it yes which will be relatively soon yeah i think so yeah Definitely. Um, so there's usual ways. Facebook, this has been an incredibly long episode, so I'm not going to hit all of it. At the beginning, we talked about Duck Spring. Um, so that is the uh, charity event that our fans have organized. Uh, that's going to be this weekend as you're listening to this. So go ahead and watch our uh, watch our community play some games and uh, uh, donate again to help out a great cause, the uh, the Transactive Gender Center. Yes. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, hopefully worth your time and definitely worth your, your money if you're able to give yeah. uh, because they're the best. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's probably good. I think so. Yeah, there's a very long episode. Thank you for uh, sticking with us. If you end up having to split this into two parts, uh, I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, until uh, until next time, what should they watch out for, Cole? Um, they should... I don't even know. There's so Rupture much. Blood Vaginas? Yeah, well, watch it. You know, just... Penis check, regurgitation? Yeah. Check, check the health of your holes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just check, check your holes. Hole health. They look like holes to you? <laughs> um, it was made for me. <laughs> I think I nailed the flat affect of a. That is, you just sound like a male Silent Hill protagonist. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the blunted affect. Yeah. Uh, the males males lose their emotions. <laughs> the ladies get to keep them. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a very good effect. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You ready? <laughs>